0: The garden help you need Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 Powered by Palladio Home and Garden With your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder
1: (laughs) Good morning, gardeners, and welcome to Mid-South Gardening Glad y'all are with us this morning I'm Veda with Palladio Yes,
0: she is, and I'm Kenneth with Dan West Garden Centers Good morning to you, Miss Veda Good morning, good morning Crazy oh week. Goodness. Another crazy weather week.
1: But yes, it wasn't hum- humidity. It wasn't as humid as last week, week <sighs> before last. Well, yeah. the last couple
0: of days. I mean, it was still up in the 90s, but it yeah. didn't feel like it was 120 well, in the shade. Well, that's because
1: the wind was blowing so intense. How many times did you pick plants up at the Garden oh, Center yeah. yesterday? Oh, yeah, every
0: moment, every time yeah. you walked through there. But thank goodness for the wind, mm-hmm. though, because yeah. it did feel good. It
1: did. and I'm, Even though it was hot. It was still windy, and we are getting closer to summer, but it was like, um, what was I thinking? Oh, I think next week is going to be nicer, just a little bit. No. What about starting tonight? Yeah, right. Right. Right, let's can we just have uh, spring this whole summer? I
0: mean, it's supposed to what start raining tonight, yeah. and then the high tomorrow's like in the seventies. Yeah, are you kidding me? I know. This Yay. is May, almost June. So
1: you need to go get all your gardening stuff right now, uh, today, <laughs> so that way tomorrow you can wake up and the weather's nice, and you have everything there, and you don't have to travel around. You can just start working in your yard.
0: Yeah, and guys, if you want to give us a call, two six zero five nine two six two six zero five nine two six, and I've got an announcement to make. Uh, Our good friend and co-host of the show, Mr. Jim Crowder, we miss him dearly. Mm -hmm. Um, He's taken a leave of absence to really take care of himself, and he should. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's got uh, some cancer he's dealing with, uh, and he said it was okay if I say this. Uh, He's got a knee now, I think every joint in his body has been mm-hmm. replaced except for this knee that he's getting yeah, looked at. that's right, yes. So he's getting that looked at also. So he's going to, you know, work on himself and get himself better. And um,
1: Well, you know, gardeners are always tougher, so yeah. he'll be back in a... Uh, little while. It's not going to slow him <laughs> down. It never has. <laughs> not at all. So Jim, I hope you're listening this morning, but maybe not. Yeah, well, he maybe might be you're sleeping just in. Sleeping in, but luckily he has the podcast to listen to. Yeah. So later, um, you
0: know, there's. I've got another reason, and we've all heard of this, mm-hmm. to give people a reason to hate squirrels even more than they already oh, do oh
1: my goodness another reason yeah
0: it's a guy came into the garden center with his baggie okay
1: <laughs> a baggie of squirrels. Uh, no i wish <laughs> that'd be better
0: yeah. had a clear baggie and the baggie was that uh, these strips of bark oh. okay and you could see the little gnaw marks on the bark <laughs> and they were i'm telling you they were like 10 inches long about two inches wide and he's like what is going on with my tree?
1: You oh, know, the, what, the, bark the bark was the bark, not the, stu- the gnaw marks. No, the, the
0: strips of bark. <laughs> okay. And he's like, "What? what is the deal? Yeah. So I opened the baggie up, and I said, man, you've got squirrels. He said, yeah, I know I've got squirrels. Mm-hmm. He, he, and he looked at me like, squirrels uh-huh. are doing this? I said, yes, yeah. they're ripping, they're stripping the bark right off of that tree. And it's a little thin, uh-huh. you know, like they, they like the thin bark yeah. trees, like the maples.
1: Right. Or oh, are they using it for a nest? Well, that's, if, I mean, typically that's what you
0: use it for, or they use it for. <laughs> I mean, some people say they're getting sodium. Some people yeah. say they're getting calcium. Some people say they're doing it for water. Yeah, right. And then some articles say they're doing it to sharpen their teeth to do more <laughs> damage, Right. But it's, uh, I mean, it was, it, it, thank goodness it wasn't on the trunk of the tree. It was two of the bigger limbs. But they're mm-hmm. going to, if they keep doing it, they're going to kill these limbs on this tree.
1: Wow. That, and, that uh, is amazing that that they can just strip off s- long pieces. Rip
0: it. I mean, strip it. I
1: don't think I would have caught that, Kenneth. I would have been just.
0: No, I mean, if you see the gnaw marks, you can, yeah, you, can tell. you can see. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, I mean, you could see he was just burning up. <laughs> And he said, "Okay, I've got a plan."
1: Oh. and I
0: just left it at that.
1: Oh, uh, you he didn't share it yet. <laughs> no. you didn't want to be an accomplice. No, to any of I didn't this. ask
0: you where he lived, what mm-hmm. kind of ammo he's talking yeah. about. I just left it at that. But if you and we see that a good bit, Veda is on even Japanese maples. Yeah, uh, this one oh, uh, where this, the squirrels stripping this, them? stripping the bark. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll just strip it off. But this was not on a Japanese maple. I've seen it quite a few time on, uh, times on Japanese maples. This was just a regular maple. But he's—it was amazing. And then you think, you know, if they're stripping this stuff off to line their nest with, and that's what a lot of people say that why they're doing it. I mean, it was a ton of this stuff on the ground. Huh. Are they going to come back and pick it up later? Yeah right you know?
1: or did they just sort through it and get the best <laughs> pieces <laughs> now don't confuse this with the bark that flakes off the crepe myrtle exactly because they're supposed it's supposed to after it gets a certain amount of years then you just get to slough that bark off. I love doing that when I see a crepe myrtle that's peeling. I just love peeling that bark yeah, off. Yeah, the,
0: the crepe myrtle's outgrowing its uh, its skin That's yeah. what it's doing, and it's just shedding that bark. Yeah. And, and some do it a lot more than others. Some mm-hmm. actually don't even do it at all.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah. I like crepe myrtles that exfoliate that bark, and then some of them even leave some of that bark on there, so you'll get that yeah. kind of pattern
1: yeah look yeah
0: uh, on the trunk of these crate myrtles kind but that's a, not the same thing as a squirrel
1: yeah not at all and you know there is no i mean i i think squirrels are almost well i was going to well, say they're almost harder to get rid of than a mole well, kind you, of i think so mate mate they're pretty they're both the rabbit the squirrel the deer the moles the voles mm-hmm. all those wonderful critters that we get to contend with in the yard we have to live with them
0: <laughs> i don't know this guy looked at me and he said i got a plan i mean he 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 was business but i'm like you i mean you can't get rid of all the squirrels out there you just can't i mean if you've got a tree you got a chance of getting a squirrel and now you know you can't keep the tree from getting in the you know a squirrel from getting in the tree if you got more than one tree right you know they yeah. jump on there they, mm-hmm. they you know they're acrobatic as everything um, but when it comes to moles, for some reason, moles and voles run people crazier more than anything else out there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're you're trying to get rid of a varmint that lives underground. You don't even see the thing. Mm-hmm. He's out there. Yeah. You know, every morning you go out there, your yard's dug up even more, and it just runs people crazy for all the right reasons. Man, can
1: you imagine? Uh, luckily, in my gardening years, I have not had a mole problem except for in one. I know. one, But one spot of the yard in the back, there was one. But I can't imagine how it would feel to wake up in the morning and see where a mole had just ran through my front yard, and all these humps after I had worked all day. Well, getting and it clean. No, I perfect.
0: agree. Yeah. I agree. But I tell people every day, I'd rather have ten moles than four voles. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. True. I mean, because
0: the mole is really just digging up your yard looking for worms and grubs, mm-hmm. uh, where a vole, a VOLE that's a little son of a gun that's eating the roots off of yeah. your plants.
1: And you don't even notice it. And then the and next day... Your plants day, are gone. Yeah, and then... So what do you think about... Um, Dogwoods. You think a vole would bother a dogwood? Yeah, oak? I, mean, oh, seen, dogwood oak. I mean I've seen them.
0: I've chew on dogwoods, uh, camellias. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think they'd eat yeah, on camellias. You wouldn't. Nandinas.
1: Oh my word! Of course,
0: roses. And then they love the softer tissue plants like you know their caviar, hostas.
1: Mm-hmm. Boy, the hostas get it with everything, <laughs> don't they? Everything. Uh, the The moles love them. The deer love them. Slugs. Oh yeah, slugs love them too. Love them, but of course, slugs have you know three thousand teeth. Yeah, so they can gnaw right through that. Yeah, I I just never. I don't think I ever thought about how a slug would, um, you Hmm. know, eat through the the leaves i I'm ne- never thought about the fact that a slug would have teeth, especially that many. Well, look teeth. what these
0: caterpillars can do out there. Yeah, I mean they can eat. Lunch. I mean, look at the tomato hornworm, for example. I've never looked mm. at his mouth before, but right. he must have a big one because he can eat a whole <laughs> tomato up overnight. I
1: okay. <laughs> <You laughs> know. That's true. We need him in the tomato contest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, last uh, last Saturday didn't. Who was it? Bill Street Blend brought some popcorn, yeah. Wolf River popcorn. What'd you think about it? I loved it. It had that jalapeno. No, it was kind of spicy. What was that? The barbecue in it?
0: Well, you and I were getting ready to leave last weekend. Yeah. And, and he um, brought in a, this big bag of popcorn. Uh, and I forgot it. You know, mm-hmm. I actually, I came came. my did. I, was, I turned around and came back, and the door was already locked, so I couldn't grab it. <laughs> you know, but it's gone now.
1: Oh, yeah, because I didn't see that down there. Well, we got to taste it anyway, yeah, and that was good. It was somebody from—it's really great, all the stuff Memphis is doing, all the things. We're c- making the popcorn. We're making the beer. We're making the— what else do we make? Uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot a lot of, of both stuff. of
0: that. And a lot of barbecue also. Mm,
1: maybe mm. I'll have that for lunch since, you know, work right next door to Central Barbecue. You can't help but want it.
0: Well, you got to have barbecue in May. I mean, this is Memphis in May. You know, we just got yeah. through with the barbecue fest. Yeah. And, you know, barbecue is, it's, well, of uh, course, barbecue is a deli- delicacy around here every day.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Okay, we're going to run to a break. Y'all give us a call, 260-5926. Mm-hmm. Good morning, and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. So if you're having trouble picking us up, just go to the, um, what did I just say, KWMRadio.com. Yeah. You'll be on the website, and then when you see, uh, listen live. Just, yeah. punch,
0: just hit it. And there we are. Streaming yeah. live all the time, kwamradio.com. And then you can go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page and shoot us a text. And if you want to give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926. And of course, bet if you miss all of this, you can go back later on and listen to the podcast.
1: Right? See, I have to go back and listen to podcast to remember what we talked about because I'm usually sleeping when we're sitting here. <laughs> ah. ah, yeah. We received a big truck of house plants yesterday, and just wore us out moving them, watering them because the wind. You know, we're trying to get to beat these big um, eight foot house plants. You know, they're just blowing, and you're you're blowing back and forth, and we finally get them across the parking lot and get them in the building, and then they're too big for the building.
0: No, they're not. Yeah,
1: so this one, it just took up too much space. So here we go back across the street oh. to put it in the showroom mm-hmm. floor. But uh, working in the wind is exhausting. I tell
0: you what, though, who would have ever thought in the last couple of years, maybe three years, but surely the last two years, uh, what house plants have done? I mean— you know, every garden center in the world carries houseplants, mm-hmm. uh, and they would have them, and they would collect yeah, dust, yeah. and they would, you know, eventually just die, you'd throw them away, and you'd buy some more and yeah. replace them. I mean, just to, really more or less just to kind of decorate the garden center.
1: Yeah. No, it make it a little more soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. New no, You're so right. Those
0: days are so gone. People love House plants, Thank and it's you. amazing what they're doing.
1: And it's amazing, amazing all the varieties. The list to order from is so long because there's so many new ones on the uh, So many market.
0: new, so many new of the old plants.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I thought there was one philodendron. Same here. You know, there's about 30 philodendron. Yeah. And, um, you used to get one ficus tree, the, ben, the Ficus Benjamin. The, yeah, ficus
0: the small leaf ficus tree. But now. That everybody they're, killed.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's the Ollie. Yeah. And the, the Fiddle Leaf uh, Fig. Mono. This is a new one. Monocleur, I think, is the name of it. Yeah, and the Fiddle Leaf Fig. And we have some Fiddle Leaf Figs where the. Because it's called that because it looks like a fiddle.
0: The big leaf on it. Right.
1: Does. And it's literally big enough to actually be a fiddle. So we have these nice big house plants, and then somebody comes in and buys one of the big, thick, large ones. And she goes, "Can y'all deliver?" And then they said, "Because we can't get it in our vehicle."
0: And this I thing stood is wet. There, six foot tall.
1: It's uh, taller than me. Yeah. So it's me six, yeah. and probably like about four feet wide. And I sat there or stood there a minute and went, "Oh no, Uh-oh. I never thought about how you wouldn't be able to get this home." And we have a trailer and yeah. truck, so Uh-oh. so we're putting it back in the paper that it comes from because they sleeve it yeah. and then wrap it and put it in the back of the truck. So just making sure that it's all wrapped up and it's it's watered before it leaves mm-hmm.
0: too. And keep the wind I mean, from just burning that foliage. Yeah. Yeah. So what are I mean? So what? should people be doing? I mean, most house plants, most people just leave their house plants indoors where they are. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I shouldn't say that some people do take them outside. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you just, it's just the normal maintenance. And that's, I guess the biggest thing is the correct amount of light, Right. you know, the correct amount of moisture. Mm. It all sounds simple, doesn't it? And then from time to time feed your houseplants. And of course you can feed during the growing season, which is mm-hmm. now. You just typically don't feed houseplants as much or at all during the winter months.
1: Yeah. It's hibernating. So, <laughs> so they, it's opposite in people. Yeah. We want to eat a lot in the winter. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what do you tell people though when they say, All right, what, what do I how do I keep this thing alive?
1: Yeah. Oh man, it's so first I recommend the moisture meter. Because mm-hmm. we find We've started using it a lot because the amount of plants that we have in stock, mm. it's you just get tired of trying to really guess or or making sure that you got the watering properly. So with the moisture meter, we just use it, you know, back to back, and it teaches you what the proper is, and then eventually you can get uh, not use it as much. But the moisture meter is the best thing to use. And you'll stick and that thing about halfway
0: down, mm, you know, with yeah. that, instead of just in the top inch, right, you know, right. which we can do with our finger, right?
1: Yeah, right, which was a bizarre thing in the first place. But then you have to leave the meter in there a little bit because one girl was sticking it in there, dry, dry. Yeah. And I said, no, yeah. you have to leave it in there a couple of seconds until you see the needle get a move. Reading. Yeah, to get the correct me- reading because then when she left it there— it moved up to moist. Uh, and,
0: and what about some of these houseplants where they really just don't even like tap water out of the faucet?
1: Well, we don't find an issue with that okay. because I mean because use...
0: if you I mean if you read about it some of them say mm-hmm. use dechlorinated water and yeah. I'm like, "Good Lord, that's uh-huh. just something else we got to do to a houseplant." I have another tank
1: out there. Yeah. yeah. And I know that there's probably some real delicate ones or uh, ones that may have a little bit of problems with our water but being the Memphis water and even though it's treated some we still get a lot of more added bonuses so we don't have so much best water
0: in the world I'm telling you and then what about feeding do you like to use a water soluble uh, Mm. plant food one that you mix with water and pour or do you like to use a granulated fertilizer or do you really care
1: or both? I, yeah, for because if they're inside, you know, I'm using the worm castings because it doesn't smell a lot. As a top dressing. Yeah, as a top dressing. And then the liquid fertilizer, I mean, it sounds funny to use the one called Big Bloom. Like that product. But it's just the mixture that, that's in there. So even if you're, I mean, your houseplants, every houseplant blooms. It doesn't mean it's going to bloom in our environment, so the big bloom's great for it. And
0: that's a Fox Farm product, Uh, and it's got earthworm castings and bat Mm -hmm. guano and all this other great stuff all mixed together. You just mix that with water, and you can water basically Mm -hmm. every house plant that you own, and you don't have to worry about maybe burning
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, You right. know, the
0: plants And it doesn't have a lot of salts in it Like some of the other water-soluble plant right. foods do
1: Yeah, that, that is something you can find, isn't it? That the salts are on the side of the pot And then mm-hmm. the roots get burned Because the salt is accumulated there oh, yeah. And then the plant starts turning black on the edges Oh, and when you were talking about light For houseplants Okay, so There, it's Okay, what I'm trying to say Plants can ver- can take all different kinds of light And pre- form in different kinds of light so for instance we had some ponytail palms in stock and And
0: typically they would need i guess good light yeah
1: good light so we've got them on the plant shelf that has grow lights under it and so they've been sitting there Then I went across the street, because they're taking some of our houseplants across the street to decorate their Mm -hmm. interiors. And it's a little bit darker in there. So I went over there and saw the ponytail palm. I'm going to take a picture. The difference, they're both from the same, came in at the same time. Same shipment. Yeah, the one that has the more light and the more water is definitely bigger.
0: And the one that's been more neglected. Yeah. It still
1: the- looks great, but it's small. Hmm. Yeah, because it wasn't getting enough light or not enough moisture. So it's still alive and still looking good. But the other one that had the most moisture and the most light was flushed out and bigger.
0: And what about, are are you insects and disease? I mean, Mm -hmm. of course, we all know that invariably, eventually, you can get insects uh, on houseplants. And people wonder, well, you know, they're in my house. How does Mm -hmm. that ever happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, whether we can walk in the house from it, we can go outside in the backyard, Mm -hmm. walk inside and drag insects (laughs) in on us, okay? we
2: can. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, but, I mean, there's some really good products out there, whether it's neem oil, mm-hmm. uh, for example. You can spray your house plants with neem, which is a very safe insecticide to use. Yeah. Uh, it is an oil from the neem tree, so it coats the tissue. It mm-hmm. smothers the egg, the larva, and it kills the insect. So, you know, that would be one that I would grab. Yeah, um, that's
1: what we use in it, like we, if we ever get a little bug. Right, right. <laughs> we do use that. And you like the, you told me about, and which we finally got in the bits.
0: Yeah, the mosquito bits, yeah. uh, which is the BT product, uh, you can sprinkle that in the soil. Extremely safe to use there, again, especially if you're getting like fungus gnats. And I promise you, if you have houseplants in your house, mm-hmm. sooner or later you're going to get fungus gnats because you're going to overwater one of your mm-hmm. plants. And you. that's why you get fungus gnats.
1: Yeah. Typically it's because line. the soil
0: mm-hmm. is staying too wet. And these things, it's not that they are really a problem to the plant for say they're just a yeah. nuisance to us
1: yeah oh my goodness well we had a such situ- every time we would go behind the counter there's one or two gnats that just keep bothering us and i'm That's thinking my point. yeah i'm like where are they because when we're working in the house plants there's no gnats and I just can't figure it out. And then I realized, okay, our trash cans are right there, mm-hmm. and you're gonna invariably find a plant that was over water You're throwing that or, in the trash yeah, can. yeah, so then or even it would be soil from outside, just a little bit left in a container that we would uh, just quickly dispose of. But since it was moist, the gnats were growing the trash. and then <laughs>
0: That's where the the yeah. uh, fungus gnats are coming from. So if you've got these little bitty little gnats flying around your house plants mm-hmm. or in the kitchen around your nose when you're trying to read yeah. the paper, <laughs> um, g- get these little things called mosquito bits. And it comes in a bag. You just sprinkle these little bits on the top of the soil, lightly water them in, and you're done. And, and mm-hmm. it's, like I said, it's, it's that easy, it's that safe, and, and it's so easy to use. Uh, and then another product, real quick, you know, we were talking about the neem oil a second ago. Uh, Fertilone, uh, Bonine makes the neem oil, and Natural Guard makes the, the neem oil. Um, but there's also a product called Triple Action. Oh, uh, Triple Action that. has got the neem and the pyrethrins added to it. I like uh, that. One. So, any of those type products that are very safe to use, but they're very broad spectrum in what they control, great products to use.
1: It is amazing how, how the chemical. Industry has um, changed so much.
0: When when did the chemical industry ever include an organic product with a uh, well with anything?
1: Right, right. Um, Was it is rotenone supposed to be natural? You can't get that anymore. Right. So that and there was. Wait, what there was one that we were using that I found out was organic and I thought it was funny because people were before anybody liked organic and thought, because remember, people would say that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Organic does not work at all. And I'm thinking, how are you telling me that? Because the world is growing on organic matter. OK, we're going to take a break and y'all give us a call two six zero five nine two six. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Glad y'all can be with us this morning. And we've been talking about the wonderful houseplants and just a few more things on that. But what's happening now is now that our building is so full
3: Of of
1: houseplants, I started thinking, wait a minute. In our shade area, Mm -hmm. why don't I add some houseplants outside in the shade area? Because you can use them for shade garden containers. Sure you can. You know, I mean, just put some outside. You can have them inside. You can have them outside. And some people say, well, I don't want to bring them back in. Well, I I get it. But say if you buy a houseplant for $15. Right. Or you buy a nice big pot of begonias for $15. Either way. You're not bringing the begonias, and it's going away. Yeah. So you can do just the same. using that
0: thing as an annual.
1: But you know, in your mind, you know begonias will freeze. Yeah. But a house plant can come indoors, so that makes it harder to actually treat it like an annual. Hey, a
0: house plant is an outdoor plant somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. People ask how tall does this plant get? And I'm, I said, well, it can get 25 feet. Yeah. Down and they in look at Key West. Me. Yeah. And I said, but in your house. You know not it could if you had a tall enough uh, end, um arboretum what about
0: house. what about the type of pot do you care veda whether it's a glazed pot mm-hmm. a you know a clay pot uh, a plastic yeah. pot i mean you
1: know i don't yeah i really don't care do you, do no, you, I you mean, no i mean no i mean you know you
0: always hear that you know plants do better in clay because mm-hmm. it's porous and it maybe breathes a little bit yeah um and Clay really potentially doesn't heat up, especially if it's outside as, you know, as fast as maybe plastic. But mm-hmm. when it comes to houseplants, I found out it doesn't matter.
1: Mm-mm, not at all. Uh,
0: and what matters more than anything is what we talked about a while ago is the proper amount of light. And even more important is the, is the amount of moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, everybody and their mother always, always mm-hmm. overwaters houseplants. True. Until yeah. you get into a rhythm and you understand, until you kill a few. hmm you're you, people over water now you know i do like to grow house plants in containers that actually have drainage so many times mm. we'll see these beautiful decorative pots Yes. they're beautiful uh-huh. they don't have a drain hole one in the bottom of them okay right. and it's it's hard to grow anything in a container that has yeah. no drainage because you're guessing on the water
1: right and here's the other thing I've found. They're, they make a lot of containers with no holes in it because you take your plant and just set it in there. So in, you could put a
0: pot in that pot.
1: But <laughs> the containers are not the right size. I've got a six-inch pot, and the container's five-and-a-half. Okay. You know, the decoratives. I've got a three-inch pot, and it's, um, you know, two-and-a-half. Or the pot's square, and it's got to go in a so, so your,
0: the pot that your plant is in won't fit into yeah. the n- nice decorative pot that has no drainage. Right.
1: So it's almost like now to start ordering pots, I've got to sit down and check measurements. Now, we have these fantastic pots with no holes in the bottom that people are just like, I don't care. I'm going to try this. So I, again, we I put rocks in the bottom mm-hmm. so the water can just <clears throat> drain through and then maybe sit at the bottom until the plant needs it and it can come back up. But mm-hmm. I tell them when they're watering to tip it sideways and yeah. make sure there's just no water standing in there. Yeah. But we have very good luck with growing plants in pots with no holes only because you, we work on it. Div- yeah, yeah. That's,
0: but you got to be careful though because everybody over waters. Mm-hmm. And then I think my wife has gotten into a rhythm where I think she waters our house plants once a week. Yeah. You know, and that some of that might be a, a little dry. Some of them mm-hmm. uh, before they get watered. Some of them uh, you know, you surely don't want to water more than once a week. But once a week works good for the plants that we have yeah. uh, in our house. But you, just like everything else, so many mm-hmm. people overwater those house plants, And that's just one of the, the quickest ways you can kill a nice-looking right. house plant. I'm just telling you.
1: Exactly. Also, you know, speaking of the soil, for a houseplant or for a plant outside, do you notice on your the shelves where mm-hmm. you've got your stuff stocked, if you get some, say, perennials from this vendor – and then you get some perennials from another vendor. With a
0: different type of soil. Yeah,
1: this one I have to water two times a day, and this yeah. one it makes it a day and a half just because of the soil. Yeah. So that's why we're always talking about soil.
0: Well, and if you're ever repotting your house plants, use spend an extra dollar, I promise you, and get a good quality potting soil. It makes all the difference in the world. And then the other thing is uh, they – when. We see so many people, if they've got a nice house plant in a 10-inch pot, for example, or an 8-inch mm-hmm. pot, and it and that eventually will outgrow that pot. Well, then the next thing you know, they're buying a 14-inch pot mm-hmm. to put that same plant good in.
1: point.
0: Not a good idea. Um, you know, Jim says it all the time. You you take that little plant and you put it in a bigger pot. All of a sudden, you got all this, uh, so much soil mm-hmm. now around this little root ball that invariably you're going to keep it too wet yeah Uh, is
1: so it's that i really want to one day research this and figure this out because when i plant a hanging basket and i just want to have one plant in there and i want it to grow yeah but
0: you don't go to a basket that's too big though
1: yeah i put like a six inch container in like a bigger hanging basket you know like growers do they put these little plugs in these these bigger baskets, but why does that not work with the house plant?
0: Because all humans want to overwater.
1: <laughs> yeah, because because indoors it is much easier yeah. to overwater. Where if you're outdoors, yeah, the water that could be. So it. I
0: guess my point is, if if you're bumping a plant up uh, because it's outgrown the little pot that it's mm-hmm. in, or the big pot that it's in, whatever pot it is. You typically go up one size, no more than two sizes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And use a good, high-quality potting soil. And just out of all of this, guys, keep these things moist, not wet. If you're watering, the best way to water these houseplants also is to water them really well Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: let them air out before you come back and water again instead of trying to put a little bit of water on those things like every three days.
1: Yeah, yeah, good point. And there's also, um, still we talked about the worm castings and water-soluble Oh. Don't, I I would say if you buy a house plant today, don't take it home and repot it today Mm -mm -mm. because it's already going to be in travel stress, especially if some of them are picky. So then you're going to put it in more stress to uh, repot it. Plus, usually when you're getting them at the uh, garden centers, they've been grown in the pot, but they haven't outgrown the pot yet. And it would be better for you to let it acclimate. to yeah. where you're
0: putting that thing, right?
1: And really, you wouldn't even have to transplant till next spring because mm-hmm. we wouldn't do it in the fall. Well, you can. Yeah, you know, it's just um, takes slower. It takes longer to get rooted out. I guess it
0: does. I mean, you can you can transplant or, or replant these things really any day well, of the year. But I'm like yeah. you, Veda. I, I like to get them into a spot, let them get acclimated to that mm-hmm. spot. Because like I said, you can. I can take the houseplant that's growing on the showroom floor and take it home and put it in the corner of my living room. Well, it is a different growing condition. It it is a different environment. And a lot of times they'll drop a lot of leaves. You'll start seeing yellow leaves. It doesn't mean that the plant's dying. It's Mm -hmm. just trying to acclimate to the new location that it's in. So if you do all those things, guys, and I know we probably sounded like no one wants to buy a house plant ever (laughs) again, but they're actually easy, easy to grow. But if you do those simple things, the light, the moisture, Mm -hmm. uh, which are the most two important things to me, You'll be successful with right. these house plants.
1: Indeed, mm. I, th- I really when uh, people are asking me light conditions on house plants, mm. mostly all the ficus I just tell them to keep them by the window. And then just about everything else is fine wherever it goes, unless you've got a very low light situation. But now there's more plants that take low light. But
0: it's funny how some of these houseplants have a stigma, though. Like you mentioned the ficus, (laughs) you know, especially the the Benjamin uh, ficus that Mm -hmm. we planted years ago. I mean, if you somehow if you looked at them wrong or if you walk by them and said (laughs) something mean to them, you know, they're going to start dropping every leaf that they have mm-hmm. just because you said something to it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you thought.
1: And that fiddle leaf fig's the hardest one ever, so I was told. And so that's the one everybody wants. It's easy to grow. But when, uh, yeah, but everybody says it's so hard, but a lot of clients or customers come in, and they have them, and they're doing fantastic.
0: Yeah, and, and if you leave them in a spot long enough, like I said, mm-hmm. they will acclimate to where they are. Yeah, uh, And if you're not, as a homeowner, killing the thing outright, they're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, they will be. And then I've also learned that just because that, you know, we're used to picking out plants for people to sell, making them retail pretty, retail ready, so they're nice and flush and gorgeous. And as a you, you're just used to seeing them come in like that. But then I see people's house plants at home or in pictures or whatever, and they're so proud of it and loving it, and it doesn't look as big and beautiful as it does when it comes in the garden center. Yeah. And then I realized. You know it's beautiful this way too, and yeah. that's more of its normal way, where we're trying to just get it in full and pretty. But yeah, it's okay if this vine comes out this way because houseplants change so much compared to what a shrub does.
0: And this goes, this is the full circle. It goes back to what we said, you know, thirty minutes ago, that the generation, and especially the younger generation, uh, that yeah. are out there now house plants are one of the hottest items out there and they want some of this green product in Mm -hmm. their apartment in their home they're bringing the outdoors indoors yeah um so and i think it's great i mean and and we'll see how long it lasts Well,
1: my experiment was my uh boyfriend's two daughters were graduating from ut and they have their own apartments and everything and i said when they went up to visit he he comes back and goes Tons of houseplants in their mm-hmm, house because mm-hmm. I never would have thought they would grow houseplants, but they've just got shelves and houseplants and houseplants. They're creating mm-hmm. such a peaceful environment inside because most of the people don't have the outside. <laughs> so, uh, but what but, are you building your shelves for all you No, your plants? But
0: through trial and error, I'm telling you, you know, mm-hmm. there's some bumps in the road, it seems like early on because people love to pick up that watering can. And that look, I was just as guilty mm-hmm. as anybody out there, so we're just telling you this to maybe you won't have such a bumpy road that we had early on, trying to keep houseplants, right. simple houseplants alive in the house. Right.
1: And y'all have got to look. There's so many new textures and colors. But y'all can pick us up on... Um,
0: what, OKRealmRadio.com? I'm telling you, it's three, three or four different ways. You can always give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926, You can call right here, right now. You can go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page, and you see Miss Vader right there. Yep, mm-hmm. waving at him. You can shoot us a text right there. Uh, and we had somebody text in, uh, Audrey Fielding. She texted in. She says, Going to miss Jim, but she appreciates us also. Yeah. Hey, Audrey. And we're all thank going you. to miss Jim, my Lord. And then you can go to the mighty nine. I mean, uh, KWMRadio.com, streaming all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of different ways to get in touch with us.
1: So, we will head to a break. I'll get your coffee and tea and your questions, and we'll talk to you after this. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Glad you can join us today. Give us a call, 260-5926, or post a question on our Facebook page right now. Yeah.
0: And once again, let me say this real quick. We miss Mr. Jim Crowder. He's uh, taking a leave of absence. He's got some health issues, but he's working on those. And he's got uh, everybody, of course, in the gardening community behind him. And, you know, Jim is tough as a bone, so he'll, you know, he's going to be fine. And speaking of a tough as a bone, he's got uh, some knee uh, problems also. And I think, like I said, I think that's the one joint that hasn't been replaced yet is one of the knees. So <laughs> I think he's going to go in there and maybe have that one redone. So he will be completely bionic before it's all said right. and done.
1: See, before he had all his surgeries, people called him grumpy. Then after, he wasn't grumpy. And then he started getting grumpy again. And we were like, is something hurting? He's like, yeah, my knee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Um,
0: had a customer come yeah. into the uh, garden center uh, the other day. And, you know, think about it. You know, if you live in the South, uh, there are certain things that you just can't not like. You know, one is a magnolia. And and I'm not saying it has to be a huge southern magnolia that people, yeah. once they get them, they love them, but they hate them, right? Right. Because they yeah. shed leaves every day. And they day.
1: can't grow anything under Yeah, I no,
0: but, yeah. but, but roots. Um, right. But our, our dogwoods, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a staple item here in the South. I mean, you have to love dogwoods. But typically speaking, you know, we see dogwoods growing in the shade or high shade or in the in the canopy or under the canopy of these larger oak trees that dominate, you know, the Mid-South. Mm-hmm. Well, he had sun, and he said, I'm going to plant a dogwood. Uh, and whether it makes it or not, I'm <laughs> going to plant one. I said, well, you can plant one. Yeah. There are some dogwoods out there that can take absolutely full sun. And he's like, really? Yeah, you know, how I'm come happy. I'm just now hearing about this? So, and of course, we started talking about the Kusa dogwood uh, or Korean dogwood. Uh, and it is, it's a beautiful, it's a dogwood, okay? It's not a native dogwood, but it is a dogwood. And like I told the gentleman, I said, you know, you, you treat him exactly the same. Good drainage, but in this case, you know, more more sun than shade. In this case, he had full sun. But I said, you still need good drainage. You know, you plant that thing right to start with. Dig the hole just as deep, twice as wide, amend the soil, so plant same, high. Same drainage, same drainage, as the everything. Others, yeah. But in, in, And I also told him, you know, most of your old fashioned dogwoods, as you know, Veda, uh, they'll bloom in the spring beautiful, and then you'll get foliage yeah. later on. Well, the coosas are just the opposite. You'll get foliage, then they'll bloom. Now, the, and the blooms are beautiful.
1: And a lot, really.
0: A lot of bloom. And then you also get these little ping-pong-sized berries Mm -hmm. uh, that fruit in the fall. Uh, And it just baffled him that he had never heard of a Coosa dogwood. And also, they're more tolerant of our clay soils. Uh, And like we talked about the berries in the fall, they have great fall color, which is kind of a maroon or Mm -hmm. reddish-purple foliage like most dogwoods do. So... I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is if you want a nice uh, ornamental tree, mm-hmm. uh, dogwood in this case, and you have no shade.
1: That's the one. Not a problem. Well, I'll tell you how how hardy they are. And I was thinking this was only like planted 10, 15 years ago. And then I realized, well, it's been there 25 years. Wow. It's a Coosa dogwood. Yeah, about well, twenty years. It's a coosa dogwood planted in the most hottest spot in the middle of a parking lot. No, it's by a bay. Yeah. two of them, and they have been just mm-hmm. doing their thing year after year. You know, I see a little stress here and there, mainly because you know, it's not maintained. Nobody's pruning it properly or probably even feeding it extra.
0: Mainly because it's growing in an island on yeah. a parking lot. Yeah, Okay. in
1: the full sun. But it blooms beautiful every year. It's just enduring. And that's a good amount of time for two of them to be in, in such an environment. So I totally have to agree with what you say there. Full sun and the soil, it's not as picky. But
0: it, but it was the funniest part about this was this guy was ready to plant a just a regular mm-hmm. dogwood He said I'm going to plant one I yeah. don't care
1: You just saved his day and I was
0: like "Man, You don't have to plant That type of dogwood You mm-hmm. plant this one over here And he's like yeah. Huh really?
1: Yeah. Well you know That is the thing about gardeners We believe That we can grow something In a different environment Than it's supposed to <laughs> But sometimes <laughs> we can But we know A regular dogwood's Just not going to do it Now I believe That if they um, Are acclimated to more sun then they can take it but if you just try to plant it immediately in hot hot sun well and
0: you do you see dogwoods uh that need to be in more shade growing in full sun yeah um you know we see traditional azaleas uh that need to be Mm, in more shade growing in full sun i mean they don't like it there it's not it's not that we can't grow them there they're definitely going to be a weaker plant or a weaker tree uh if you know if they're not growing in the right environment but it was just funny. This guy had made up his mind. and His wife had probably made up his mind for him, to be honest with you. <laughs> no
1: wonder he wanted I don't care. I'm planning I think it.
0: she just wanted a dog. Uh, a dogwood. So just remember, guys, the Kusa dogwood or the Korean dogwood uh, is the one that can take uh, a lot of sun. In fact, it can take full sun. And kind of like the Encore Azayas, I mentioned the Azayas. You know, forever and a day we have grew up with Azayas in more shade. Uh, well, then they came out with the encore azaleas, and those actually need more sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we see encore azaleas a lot of times in actually full sun. Just uh, amazing. You know, who would ever thought we'd be planting azaleas in yeah, full sun?
1: Yeah, or have azaleas that bloom three times. Mm-hmm. Now, we've, we've had them that bloom two times a year, but th- mm-hmm. it was never... A selling point, or did we notice? I mean, which the the trooper? Well, I mean that one that would well, bloom in spring yeah. and the fall. But now the encores and
0: the bizoos and some yeah, of those, you one. know, would bloom more than one time. But
1: wakiebizus, yeah, says it wakabishu. Yeah, that's southern wakabishu. I think they're both
0: wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but the encores, I mean, and I, you know, I don't know why. Uh, maybe because it reminded me of green ketchup. It was completely mm-hmm. different. I love Encore Isaiahs now. Right. I mean, what is there not to love about them?
1: Well, I'm the same as mm. you. When they first came out, I'm like, eh, nah.
0: No, I mean, but oh, yeah. why did we have that attitude? Because it is an Isaiah that is hearty as everything. Uh-huh. It isn't an Isaiah. It blooms like an azalea. It blooms more than one time. Right. And it can take more sun.
1: And we're just like, <laughs> the biggest difference to me is the, um, how much the regular azaleas bloom at first of yeah. the season. They bloom a lot, just full and full of blooms. Where it seems like the encores, they bloom in the spring, but not as prolific as the others. But
0: I can live with that because then you're going to get some summer bloom mm-hmm. and then you're going to get a heavy fall yes, bloom.
1: exactly. So, you know, also, really, you just have to have both kinds. You have to have an encore and the regulars. And
0: you notice and see what they've done with the encores, too. You know, initially, they came out with a couple of colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Autumn Rouge, I think, was a pink. Yeah. Uh, and it might have been, you know, Autumn Royalty, I think, mm-hmm. was a lavender. I mean, those might have been the first two. Yeah. Um, but... Now there's about 15 or 20 different varieties out there, and there's every, every uh-huh. color of the rainbow. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: and they are fo- they have different foliages. There, some of their stems are red, um, and then a darker a green. Some have small leaves, fo- big yeah. leaves.
0: And then there's some that only get like two and a half to three foot tall. There's some that get mm-hmm. six foot tall. But I've got a completely different view
1: uh-huh. of,
0: of the encores. Yeah.
1: Uh, it took a while for me, yeah they see they the encores were first we started getting them in like in 2000 oh, it's,
0: it is two, been a way it's yeah. been 20 years ago maybe At, well, 18 20 years yeah. ago
1: At the, remember their <laughs> truck had a big old mural on the side that says let me see your bloomers that was so cute all right we've done an hour but we have two more to go so y'all hang on and uh, get your questions together mm-hmm. 260-5926 we'll see you after the break Good morning, gardeners, and welcome to the second hour of Mid-South Gardening. Man, I'm glad we only have one set of stairs. Remember when we had like three? You <laughs> were flying happening? up those
0: stairs. I love it. Oh, Give us a goodness. call, 260-5926. 260-5926. Go to the Mighty 990 Facebook page and shoot us a text right there. And then, like Veda, you said earlier, go to kwamradio.com, streaming all the time, and you can go back and listen to the, to the podcast later on, so...
1: Oh, that's fun. I was just looking. A topic that I'd wanted to talk about was um, hibiscus. And I'm just looking at the Mid-South Gardening page, the one that Jim does. And somebody had a question. She was videoing her hibiscus, wanting to know what was wrong with it. And hibiscus needs lots of water, basically. We have them in containers, um, you know, ready for sale. Yeah, we're talking
0: about the tropical hibiscus. Yeah, yeah, the
1: tropical hibiscus. So if you see your leaves turning yellow on the inside, mm-hmm. not enough water. If they're throwing their buds off, not enough water. Same that's, thing gardenias did. Yeah, so that's just it, just not enough water. Because they really do require more frequent watering than a lot of other plants, like a lantana. You know, so they can go all day without water, but especially if they're in their smaller containers. Now, if you put a mm. hibiscus in some really good quality soil and it's in a bigger container on your patio, you're not going to have to water it three times a day, but you just need to keep it moist. It can't go to dry. No. And, and then, then, yeah.
0: And then the weird thing, Um, I think we talked about this either last weekend or weekend before last, that, you know, typically, remember, if you're trying to get something to bloom, uh, you usually mm-hmm. use a high phosphate right, fertilizer. yeah. Well, with, with hibiscus, you don't. They don't really mm-hmm. want a high phosphate fertilizer, which strange. is that middle number. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like a, I, f- I forget what the Fertilome tropical bedding plant food is, but it's like a 17.6 something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, and you
1: would think the middle, yes, too, we thought the big, n- middle number had to be huge. Uh, and usually, you know,
0: that's okay yeah. for blooming, and, uh, blooming plants or getting things to bloom. But, um, Typically, like you said, Veda, if you're keeping these things evenly moist, uh, kind of like I tell people, try to do tomatoes, you know, not from one extreme to the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just try to keep them at a constant moisture. And they, if they get adequate light, uh, especially in the heat of the sun uh, in the summertime, they're going to bloom. And they mm-hmm. bloom, and that bloom lasts one day. Yeah. Right.
1: You and know, And it's, it's so amazing.
0: But they bloom their heads off. And that's the beauty of tropicals, though. True. think about yeah. it yeah that's you know,
1: why we have to fertilize more really yeah but
0: the you know the alamandas the mandevillas mm-hmm. the what diplodinias yeah. uh i mean uh, the shrimp plants yeah. the hibiscus all those type plants uh the beauty and the reason that we bomb is because of the heavy bloom
1: yeah they bloom every day mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they do and then like hummingbirds love hibiscus too
0: <laughs> yeah, anything that has a big red bloom uh, brings the hibis- I mean, brings the uh, hummingbirds Brings birds those in,
1: hibiscus right up brings to the hummingbirds. And,
0: and the tropicals, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, most, we treat them t- typically as an annual. Some people will bring them inside mm-hmm. uh, in the wintertime, which you surely can do because there's some people that just can't throw that thing yeah, out, right. you know, on the curb because it's still a nice plant. But, um, yeah, I mean, whether you're treating them as an annual or whether you're bringing them inside in the wintertime and trying to overwinter them, uh, and whether you're growing them in a container or whether you're growing them in the ground, yeah, it, it makes no difference. But, the, like I said, the beauty of these tropicals is the the heavy amount of bloom that you're going right. to get off of them.
1: Yeah, and I saw a picture of someone taking the hibiscus out of their garage And, yeah, it's got these little bitty leaves on it. And I'm looking at that thinking, well, that might look good in two months. Yeah, it
0: takes it forever to flush back out and really start blooming. That's why, you know, if I've got a hibiscus, I'm going to throw the thing away. Throw it in the compost pile. I'm going to buy a new one in the spring because the day that I buy my hibiscus, it's probably blooming. Yeah. You know, where if I take one inside and overwinter it. And bring it back outside, then it's gonna take another six weeks for this thing to flush out and for me to, for me to get my first bloom.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. So I know, think some people it's worth it, some yeah. people it's not. Plus, they do bloom <coughs> inside through the season, like right when you bring them in in the winter, but that's it. The leaves are still falling off. So you just have to enjoy that that bloom because people say, oh, it's fine. It, it bloomed inside. And then you take it outside and it says, I'm not going any further because I, I had so much trouble. Doing blooms on the inside.
0: Well, but a lot of things are annuals. I mean, think about it, especially if you got like a little trellis and you want mm-hmm. something that's really going to bloom a lot, Beta, uh, You can plant annual vines like, uh, you know, whether it's Morning Glory or yeah. Cardinal Climber or Cypress Vine or Black Eyed Susan High-Sith Vine. Hyacinth Bean. Hyacinth Bean. I mean, all those are annual vines. And, and the reason we plant them is they grow really fast and we get a lot of bloom. Well, to me, the tropicals are the same way. You know, uh, the yeah. mandevillas, for example.
1: And it, that, it, that way you have something vining, because <laughs> people want something vining that blooms in the summer. Right. All it is is an andamelia. That's andamelia. <laughs> now, who's that's that? A, Somebody in the family. A, <laughs> <laughs> that's an andamelia. That's an alamanda yeah. and a Manavia Manavia, crossed. crossed, yeah. which is not true, but. <laughs> but,
0: but also, then in, in, there are hardy vines, okay? You mm-hmm. can plant a hardy vine. Uh, on a trellis also, Uh, and the beauty of the hardy vine, whether it's a kibia, honeysuckle, jasmines, those Mm -hmm. kind of things, is they're going to come back every year for you. Now, they're not going to bloom every day like an annual vine or a tropical vine. So that's the thing. They have just a blooming season, and that's it. So you got to give up something to get something, okay?
1: Right. So let's see. You could plant, and you still wouldn't get blooms all summer, but you could start with like a cross vine or a Carolina jasmine. That would give you some first time, first thing blooms, and then we could move on over to the clematis. That would be blooming next. What was the other one? Oh, the. Um, I mean, oh, then are
0: The jasmines, the kibias. Yeah,
1: yeah, those are the next one you blooming, know, and, and then
0: there's cross vines. I mean, yeah. but but I mean, I love hardy vines also. Love them. But to me, I'm not planting a hardy vine
1: mm-hmm.
0: really for its bloom.
1: Right. I, I because agree. it's going to have that
0: little blooming season mm-hmm. or session, and, and then that's it. I'm growing it to have a a, a hardy vine mm-hmm. on whatever I'm trying to grow yeah. it on. Where when I'm planting a tropical or an annual vine, I am planting that for mm-hmm. the bloom.
1: Yeah, I, I like having those because a lot of times I've had pretty, we sell pretty trellises. And I'm thinking, why are you buying this beautiful trellis when it's just <laughs> going to be solid? <laughs> you're hiding
0: the trellis. Yeah.
1: So when you're buying a pretty trellis, then you should do more dainty shrubs on there, like clematis, or mm. the highest th- bean. Oh, you know what else we didn't think about? The um, I was surprised this worked. Passion flower. Love it. I, I was on. It was on an enclosed patio, all brick around a fountain. Because I didn't think it would actually live, but the passion flower at this place came back over and over. Now we had to prune the fountain out of the vines every once in a while. But
0: if you ever stop and just look at one of those blooms, it, it's truly remarkable mm-hmm. what you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, it really is. You're right. You never. I mean, it's it's just I don't know just how. How did they? Yeah, yeah. Mother nature to her finest. Well,
1: it's like you look at stuff from a distance. And it's beautiful, but if you really get in on it, It's pretty see, cool. Yeah.
0: Um, Mary, uh, Mary texted in. She says, please comment on the dinner plate hibiscus also. Mm, yeah. You know, and to me, the dinner plate hibiscus are the hearty hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them that have blooms as big as a, a dinner plate. You have a big dinner
1: plate, Kenneth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay.
0: Maybe that's a, <laughs> that's a a serving tray. Yeah, there
1: we go. Serving tray. But a dinner plate hibiscus, yes. Uh, the colors, is, is red. Easy. Yeah. Do you have any of those in your yard?
0: I've got one. Uh, I actually, knew I got you one would. that my neighbor. She doesn't even live in the Cove anymore. She gave me one years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the corner of the backyard, and it uh, it's beautiful. It's a summer bloomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's red, uh, yeah. and it is a a dinner plate right. uh, variety. Um,
1: do you get the um the the beetles on it that eats all the leaves? The
0: I do. Um,
1: Oh, that's my alarm going off. Yeah, I do. and uh,
0: I mean, you you got to go. I mean, there's beetles and caterpillars that do like the foliage mm-hmm. of the hardy hibiscus. And the beauty of the hardy hibiscus, it comes back every year. Uh, and it has those beautiful, huge dinner plate blooms in the summertime. Um, I mean, and, and they're so easy to grow. I mean. They are. They're, you, you, it's hard to kill a hardy hibiscus. I'm and telling they're you.
1: actually just in the past couple of weeks started coming up. They Mm -hmm. don't come up first thing like a lot of others You know,
0: you typically go out there in early spring and cut them back, you know, maybe four inches off the ground. I do every year and just let them Mm -hmm. come back from the root, which is where they come back anyway. Uh, As long as you get more sun than shade, uh, you can feed them a little bit with any all-purpose fertilizer, uh, just a non-burning fertilizer, Mary. And and if you start seeing holes in the leaves, which invariably you will because beetles and caterpillars both love them. Uh, just spray with some spinosad mm-hmm. or something like that to kill uh, the insects. But I'm telling you, <laughs> if you've never planted a hardy hibiscus, uh, you're missing the point. You're missing something.
1: You can see there uh, the the uh, caterpillars and all that take all the foliage off your hibiscus. You could call it a lace leaf hibiscus. And we're going to go to a break real <laughs> quick. Can. And one more thing about hibiscus. After that, call us 260-5926. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to Mid South Gardening. Glad you could join us this morning. And um, you know, we're talking about the hibiscus and the hardy. H- okay, so we have um, in stock, like we overwintered them, five hardy hibiscus.
0: Yeah, we've got some beautiful looking hardy hibiscus. And yeah, amazing
1: <clears throat> that they come back from. Looks like they're just dead, but Sticks. what's Yeah, what's really strange is mm. one came up. And then the next pot did. So four of them are up, and the fifth one, the roots and everything are totally alive and healthy, healthy as can be. But it hasn't started coming up yet, and it will. But why did this one first, this one second, that one third? And I thought, well, maybe it was the position in the greenhouse. Yeah,
0: the soil could have heated up a little quicker on the other ones, a little faster. But appreciate the text from Mary Tindall there asking about the hardy hibiscus also, because I'm telling you— they're easy and and Mm -hmm. if you've got a corner of a yard which is where i've got mine and you want something just kind of eat up that space a little bit yeah uh it's not an evergreen like i said but it drops its leaves and you know and you cut it back every year uh but if you want those summer blooms out there big summer blooms uh you gotta
1: have one that's that's part of summer um and we've got let's go to gerald good morning gerald you're (laughs) in the mid-south garden Hey, oh, Gerald. No, good morning. He's not ready yet. No, okay. okay he's talking to that. Gerald. All
0: right. Why, uh, Betty? You said something about uh, what were you talking about? You said you had something that uh, you were going to bring up.
1: Oh, let's see. It was a hibiscus buds. Um, we talked. You was, talked about that. I don't know what was my. Uh, name? All right. Let me.
0: Hey. Let me. <laughs> let me bring this up then. Um, I was walking through the uh, the garden center yesterday. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And between the two buildings. And I, I mean, I stopped and I right. had to stop and I had to look at this thing and I had to smell it. And I'll tell you the, the flower. So I'll tell you, <laughs> okay, <laughs> not the pot, but the flower. I'll tell you. Uh, what pot uh, now? No, I'll tell oh. you what it was while ago.
1: Oh, oh okay. Tell me while ago. Yeah, I'll tell you after you a while. tell me. <laughs> I
0: don't
2: know.
1: <laughs> you don't know. I'm confused. I have no you. idea. All right, Gerald, let's try this again. Good morning. You're in the garden.
4: All right, good- I hadn't talked in a while. Hey. I've got two tomatoes. I've got two tomatoes already. If I can keep the squirrels back,
1: <laughs> right, right.
4: <laughs>
1: Try those windmills. Now, Gerald, are, are
0: these these tomatoes? Are they ready to be picked yet? <laughs> uh,
4: no, they didn't matter to the squirrels.
1: <laughs> oh, that's they, true. They,
4: they, 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 they take them when they're
0: green. I know it, uh,
4: Lord. I know it. Uh, first off, I've got a little tip, and then I got a question. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> Because uh, my wife, we like to use uh, kind of, you know, uh, like the three, five-gallon pots, you know, we'll put geraniums and stuff like that in it. Yeah. And uh, those things kind of start getting heavy when you fill it with river rock in the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. Especially when you have to drag it around when you're cleaning the patio. Yes. I, I, I'm using the red volcanic rock now
2: because mm-hmm. it's lighter,
4: and it's when you bind it by the bag, it costs the same.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
4: gives you about the same amount. And I'm reusing my coconut linings from last year. Mm-hmm. And I put that on top of the rock. Yeah, I get good drainage, and the dirt doesn't get washed all down into the rock. Love See, it. See,
0: you know, and we've always heard work smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. And Gerald, that's what he's doing. You know, why not? I mean, hey, I'm with. The heck yeah! Put hey, that la- put that lava rock down there that weighs a third of what that river rock mm-hmm. weighs, and then put, like I said, reuse his cocoa liner. Uh, to put on to keep the soil from getting down <clears throat> into the rock, that's perfect. Yeah,
1: because there's not a lot of things to do. with That cocoa liner can't be reused, really, as a basket. But you hate throwing it away, so I love that idea. That's well, the,
4: then, well, the birds will think at it,
1: and uh, they'll use it for a bird nest. But yeah. other than that, that's about it. But that is,
0: uh, a, that, is a, that is a great tip, though, Gerald, I'm telling you. Why use that heavy rock when you can just use something like lava rock or a soil perfecter? Something that's more lightweight, you know? Let uh, me getting over so it's, you know, like I say, work smarter. <laughs>
4: right, so, the, so the next question: What is the difference between potting soil and raised bed soil? Well, I because I know it, it, it it's 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 cheaper to buy the raised bed soil. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to me, it's the same thing. If yeah, a raised bed, whether it's potting. Right.
0: Or, you know. Yeah, I mean, a, a potting soil, by the pure nature of that soil, is really more for containers, Gerald, for for pots and for containers to grow in. Yeah,
1: it kind of it holds moisture longer than you would want it to hold in the ground. So that's one reason why there's a difference between the potting soil
0: and in a um, a raised bed soil or like a garden soil it's usually a little heavier soil mm-hmm. um, it's a different blend uh, it doesn't typically drain quite as fast as a potting soil so a lot of times Gerald, we see people using a garden soil or a raised bed soil in a container and they're growing a typical plant uh, that's not really the best soil. Even though it might look the same, it might feel the same somewhat, but it's not the same soil as a potting soil. Potting soils are blended soils that are really more for container growth, where the garden soils are really more, and the and the raised bed soil is really more for outdoor use. Well, I I, I mean, I, I
4: use, basically I use the raised bed stuff because it says raised bed and potting. And this is that brand, you know, it's made from that cereal company here in town. Yeah, and if it also uh, says
0: potting. and potting, you're fine. Yes, sir. Yeah.
4: So, like I say, it it just—it just—it to me, I'm I'm getting like twice as much in that bag, so you know, for the same price.
0: Absolutely, and if it drains the way it should, Gerald, you're fine.
4: Uh, Well, I didn't have any problems with it. Yeah, that's the reason why
0: I was asking the question. Yeah, that's kind
4: of one
1: of those of why.
0: Yeah, and people can call it whatever they want. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can put anything on a bag. I mean, my my biggest thing is the consistency and the makeup of the soil. If it's a somewhat of a lightweight soil that drains well, whether we're using that in a raised bed or whether we're using that in the container, to me, I don't care. As long as it drains, that's the biggest thing. Uh, okay.
4: Oh, and one other thing about the squirrels. Now, I do use a live trap. Yeah. And just so everybody will know, uh, I live inside the, in, inside the loop on the interstate. Yeah. And so when I, when I catch one, I, I incarcerate them to the penal farm. I figure they they got to swim. if They won't get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have plan. to swim that
0: Wolf River if they get back to Gerald. Right,
3: good and plan. And they're probably
0: all, hey, Gerald, I'm on the other side of the river over there, so <laughs> thank you a lot.
4: <laughs> well, like I say, I take them to the penal farm and not near where the, the folks have all their gardens over there. So, uh, uh, so yeah, well, I just like that. They just gotta swim. They gonna get back
0: to me. Well, you're being humane, but it's not helping me at all.
4: I'm
2: <laughs> oh,
1: sorry about that. Right, Hi, it's Gerald. your problem now.
0: Thank you, buddy. <laughs>
1: Thank you for Have the call. Have a great weekend, Gerald. Yeah, um, thanks. Yeah. The um, and Jess, like, hang on, buddy. Like we've got, we carry the earth mix soil, which is similar mm-hmm. to the Fox Farm soil that y'all carry mm-hmm. to, and. <clears throat> Like we've got a indoor container garden mix, which is lighter. right? And then we have an outdoor container garden mix, which is heavy. It's a pretty heavy bag. It doesn't really work good in hanging baskets because it's too heavy. Well, and then we've got the uh, supernatural compost or the compost with topsoil. But I look at it, too, and go, why would I not use this landscape blend in my Big containers Yes yeah, you know? like I said
0: I don't care What they call it, right. it It's really just The, the makeup The blend mm. of the soil But if I'm trying To grow something In a container The biggest thing Is that it can't Be too heavy mm-hmm. uh, It's got to be A fluffier soil That's really going To you know, promote a lot Of root growth But at the same time It's going to hold A little moisture But it's got to drain That's yeah. the biggest thing Where a lot of these Garden soils And these you know Other type soils That we work into are our beds mm-hmm. um, You know Those are usually A little heavier uh, type soil. So it, it it does make a difference. Yeah. Now, like Jerry was saying, he's got a soil that he can use in both places. And as long as it does fine, I'm mm-hmm. perfectly fine yeah. with that.
1: Right. The uh, potting soil that we use for outdoor containers is heavier than a lot of potting soils that I have seen. Yeah. So since it's in a container, it's going to dry out much faster. Yeah. So being heavy and holding the moisture allows you a little extra time in between watering your containers. But... You have to get the right one because there's a lot of heavyweight potting soils yeah. out there and normally it holds too much water. Yeah, normally we would say no, 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 I can't believe that. But now there's mm-hmm. a couple of new mixtures that seem to be heavier but drain well like Kenneth was talking about. So that so the soils are helping us become better gardeners. No doubt about it. Yeah, just learning about mm-hmm. it. What do
0: you think? Try to get the question in from Jez?
1: um yeah we can get the question and we might have to take the answer after the break right yeah okay jess good morning you're in the garden how
0: are
4: you doing
0: hey jess good morning to you buddy
4: thank you sir got a question uh yeah. what is the most effective product to
3: use to kill wild violets?
0: and where are they growing jess
3: well, they've migrated all over my yard. <laughs> They're they've, growing
0: they've,
1: wild,
4: it.
0: <laughs> but I want to... I mean, I didn't know if they were growing in a bed or in, a, in his in his lawn.
4: In, in beds, yeah. In, in beds. beds. Not in the lawn.
0: Okay. All right, well, Jess, if you don't mind, we've only got like 40 more seconds. We will... Um, I'll tell Veda the answer.
1: Yeah, and then you know, I'll tell you. Yeah, and we'll we'll answer
0: this uh, this question when we get back from the break. But uh, you yeah. can
1: stay on though. Yeah, you yeah. can stay on, or you can listen to us after the
0: break. But yeah, Violet suggests uh, that's man, that's a tough one. I'm telling you. But we'll give you some we'll give you some ideas, some things to use to maybe get rid of those things for sure.
1: So if y'all want to <laughs> listen to us, um, our podcast, you can Thanks, do that Jess. sometime and. um also when we get back after we answer jess's question we have so much more fun topics to talk about as well but we love the questions wait but i was going to tell you you about
0: the plant when i was walking between the buildings while i stopped how
1: did we get off of that well because we're answering questions oh okay we'll be right back Good morning, and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Okay, so we had Jess, and he was calling in about his uh, wild violets, and how they we the get yard. rid of the pretty, pretty things? Flower beds. He said flower beds? Oh,
0: flower beds. Yeah, okay. You know, there's not many reasons I would tell someone to move, you yeah. know, but the, the violets are one of them. God. It... it, it. They're one of the hardest broadleaf weeds to kill. I mean, maybe kudzu, you know, would fit in there, but violets are definitely at the top. Uh, and Jess was talking about trying to kill or trying to get rid of violets in beds. Now, that, that can mean a lot of different things. First of all, if it's in a bed, uh, most of our beds have desirable plants or shrubs already in them, right? So... Your choices are going in these beds and hand-digging the violets, and a lot of times it's just impractical, you know, to Mm -hmm. think we can do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, but we sure think we can. Yeah,
0: and then the other angle is to get, uh, you know, a non-selective herbicide, something like Roundup, and go in there and just uh, selectively spot treat uh, what we want to control. Now, the beauty of the product is it only kills what it comes in contact with, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't leach and kill everything around it. So you can use this all around a shrub. You just can't get it on the Mm -hmm. shrub. Or you can use it around an ornamental. You just can't get it on the ornamental. But you still have to be careful. I mean, it is a non-selective weed killer. It would touch anything, kill anything that it touches. And it's
1: amazing just the little drift can do it, too. It can.
0: Um, But, you know, so Jess, I mean in the beds you know you're you're definitely more limited because you can't use broadleaf weed killers in your beds true, like you can yeah. in your lawn right you yeah, know that's true because these broadleaf weed killers can move around in the soil and you surely don't want that going on in a bed uh, so either uh hand digging um
1: pre-emergence or,
0: well but that's only I don't know. well it helps because mm-hmm. a violet's going to come back from root and seed yeah. okay so you got to get rid of the violet's first and then you can come back like you're saying they and put a pre emergent in there like the dimension um, you know one of those and that will keep the weed seed from re-germinating in that bed but that's only after you get the bed clean right. but to get it clean you either have to hand dig or you've got to selectively spot treat with a uh, to me a roundup type yeah. product now let me say this also if you did have violets growing in your lawn uh, typically Bermuda and zoysia is what we see mm-hmm. around here uh, most of your broadleaf weed killers, like the Weed Free Zone, the Weed Beater Ultra, those type products, they do a really good job on killing violets. Now, you got to spray more than one time, and you got to stay on top of it, and you got to start spraying early in the spring when they're really young and tender. Uh, but so you can knock them out of the lawn but in the bed you cannot use those mm. same type products
1: yeah because you know how you've got just the regular johnny jump ups and i always see those receding mm. in my containers yeah everywhere and uh so they're little mm. violas yeah just like the violas that are in our yards that we're, <laughs> yeah we're trying to get rid of so since they seed a lot like you said you know I would definitely use pre-emergence to deter other weeds and, and the, violets. the violets.
0: But you've got to get rid of the initial the violets, violets that are virus. there because they're coming back from root.
1: Right. Just like, you know, any mm. of your other weeds, some of them stay year after year, but then they're producing more with their seeds. So it's, it's a two-step process a yeah. lot of times. And
0: even with Roundup, Jess, uh, you know, if you whether you buy a concentrate mix it yourself and put it in a little pump-up sprayer or whether you buy it ready to use, I mean, you can use, you know, that those products in your beds as long as you're very selective. But even with the Roundup, you're still going to have to do it more than one time. These violets have got that kind of waxy cuticle on their leaf. Mm, uh, and, yeah. you know, it's just hard to penetrate that. Some people even cut the violets yeah. uh, with a little weed eater. And
1: then you can soak and, it down. Right.
0: But, I mean, sometimes that can't be done in beds, yeah. you know. So, um, so, so just the
1: weed eater, well, but, but still it, that's yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> men do not try this in your yard, <laughs> no, you know how many
0: plants we've seen you know just injured weeded to the ground. With the yeah. weed eater um uh, so yeah, but but still, I mean a uh, non selective herbicide, and I think roundup is still the best one uh to go out there and just spot treat uh in the beds, and yeah,
1: they' do they're, it more
0: than one time
1: there's so many plants that make me think of um have good <clears throat> memories. Like of course the clover, and it has a beautiful bloom on it, and you sit out in the pasture. Mm-hmm. With and it your... draws in
0: bees, and you get stung on the bottom yeah. of the foot, like I told you I did two I weeks know. ago. It's
1: just you. It's just you yeah. <laughs> making the little crowns and the necklaces out of them, right. tying them together. I mean that was such fun, but now kids can't do that because. It's all mowed down. They're gone away. You no, can't I rip- don't
0: mow mine. I I, I I spray mine with a herbicide.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that makes it all different. <laughs> and let's see, what is the other one? Well, the violets. Oh, we, my grandmother, she had to have so many little jars because me and my cousins would go out and pick all those beautiful violets and bring them into grandmother
0: yeah and And, jess is rolling his eyes right now he's gonna roll them at me too because i told you the story i think it was paul little the plant that just keeps on giving he gave me two of them the northern Mm -hmm. sea oats and the uh, the yellow blooming violet and this was a violet uh instead of blooming blue or purple it actually had a yellow bloom Mm -hmm. and this violet gets much taller i'm thinking that is a cool violet even if it's a violet it's still a cool looking plant so I took this little plant and I stuck it back in the back bed in the, my backyard where I've got a mimosa tree back there. We've got woods behind it uh, and then a few other little plants. This violet has taken over.
1: Oh, you mean just it's receded, receded, receded.
0: Oh, and I think the more I weed eat and try uh-huh. to get rid of it, the more it spreads.
1: I I didn't know the yellows would spread that much either.
0: They, it, it's taken about four years. Um, but but it, still. It, but this year, I mean, it is.
1: And, you know, I'm... I'm
0: you know, maybe I'll just use it as as a ground cover.
1: What? I was thinking this when you were talking about the violets earlier. So I haven't thought it all the way through. So we're going to think it through right now. Yeah. Okay. So you've got them and it's just, oh my gosh, I can't deal with them. What if you took all the mulch out? Yeah. And maybe that would be eradicating the seeds well, as well. And then still put your pre-emergent down. But see, your pre is still work. In, on top of the mulch
0: oh yeah i mean i mean, yeah. Yeah, I could go out there and, and put pre-emergence in my bed today and i'm mm-hmm. going to get some benefit out of that yeah. pre-emergent but in jess's case he's trying to get rid of all those violets yeah uh, and the pre-emergence is not going to control anything that's already up and growing mm-hmm. um but you know i don't know what i was thinking when i actually planted a violet i don't I, well
1: i'm like you i thought the yellows didn't spread as prolifically as that they huh. do. Well, that's that's how we learn things. I told a lady yesterday <laughs> in the garden center, she was frustrated about something. And I said, why mm-hmm. are you frustrated? Well, I'm just not going to be a gardener. I just know mm-hmm. I'm not. And I said, no, that's what makes good gardeners is how many things you kill. Yeah. <laughs> I like, go, You're exper- you're experimenting every time. Well,
0: and also, you know, we're missing Jim here. You know, mm-hmm. we, we explained that Jim's going through some uh, health problems and he's going to uh, work on his health. And he, like I said, he's tough enough. He'll he's going to be just fine. But he's also the still going to be the administrator of the uh, the Mid South Gardening uh, Facebook. <laughs> he always gets us, you know. And but he said he can do that from his recliner. But uh, but but my point is, if you go to this uh, Facebook page, uh, Mid South Gardening, you will see and hear and read about things that people have done wrong. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about you know experience, yeah. Veda. That'd keep us from having Uh to do it all over, right, right, right. for the first time. But um,
1: Well, you know, and it's always a learning thing. I mean, we've been doing this show for like 30 years, I think, together, Kenneth, something like that. And so we hear so much, but I'm looking at the... Mid-South Garden Facebook page and it's wonderful to have gardeners from everywhere oh, because yeah. they'll an- ask a question and I'll go hmm yeah. let me see how they answer yeah, that I'm exactly. wondering too and then uh, yesterday I was talking to one of the girls that works with this and she was talking about I, I quit this group <clears throat> I quit that group there's so much drama people are yeah. arguing with each other That's political that it's uh, yeah. things they're putting on there that I don't know if it's accurate yeah. and she had just started working there and I said oh you need to join our Facebook page for gardening because there's no drama and because it's hard to throw yourself out there yeah. and ask questions oh and yeah, then, and, yeah. And, but
0: Jim's the administrator uh, mm-hmm. of that uh, of that gardening page and it's great guys I'm just telling you mid-south gardening uh, on Facebook I, I guess it's just Facebook that's yeah. own yeah right and well, um, um, so but he's still he's going to remain the administrator yeah. of that Facebook page which yeah. is
1: so good because I don't want to lose this page at all um, somebody had put a comment on there showing her hibiscus and I think asking a little bit about, you know, what kind of fertilizer. And I said, use worm castings and organic liquid fertilizer. Like the big bloom. Yeah. And then she said, which she was using the garden tone and she said chicken poop. Yeah, like that. And that's Same just difference. as good. Yeah. Yeah. Just as good. So basically, you know, I start just say, it just needs to be an organic product, but it was uh, a, A lot of people are trying to grow their hibiscus when they take them right out of the garage. And like I always say, like we say, we're like, no, don't really try that. But, you know, what are the conditions in your garage? And you can, you know, there's every once in a while somebody succeeds with that.
0: And I don't mind using chicken manure, but it's got to be broken down. You know, it's (laughs) got to either be dehydrated or composted.
1: Oh, they just can't scoop up. Nope,
0: don't go to the chicken coop and just get that stuff raw. No, ma'am. It's too hot.
1: It is hot. When um, I say it's, it's
0: too hot, it can burn. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. you got to let it compost down. That has
1: been one of the biggest things, and I've heard that chicken manure is like really, really good nutrients. Oh, it, That everybody, well, you know, it's like everybody says, "Oh, you got to have some cow manure." No, you got to have the chicken manure. Yeah. No, yeah, you have to have all of it. Just doesn't have to be at the same time.
0: And and they're all good though. Yeah, long as they really they're composted are. <laughs> down uh, or they're hydrate or dehydrated, you're fine.
1: So then after this break, I need to find out what was between the buildings. I'm
0: gonna tell you about the plant that I had to stop and just take a look at for a minute. All and right. it's uh, it's just it's an old plant. It's been around forever, Veda, but it's got a little Yulow twist to it.
1: Oh, I'm interested. Okay, we're gonna run to a break. Call us 260-5926. Uh, Good morning, welcome back to Mid South Gardening. You're so funny. <laughs> she showed
0: me a picture. And, and it like, said, this is the bird feeder. And I'm like looking at this picture like, where's the bird feeder? And it was a picture of all these blooming perennials and annuals. And she said, that is the bird feeder. <laughs> this is all of the plants that are out there. I like,
1: That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, right, no so, doubt. So you're at work.
0: I'm at work and I'm just kind of walking between the buildings and I see this plant, this shrub. And, and this shrub has been around forever, okay? But to me, this is just a kind of a new twist on, on an old uh, shrub. And the shrub is a, a butterfly bush, but this one is called Pugster, P-U-G-S-T-E-R. Mm-hmm. Pugster is a, uh, it's one of the newer dwarf butterfly bushes. It only gets two and a half to three foot tall. But the beauty of it, Veda, it has the same huge blooms that a full-size mm-hmm. buddleia would have. Uh, and I mean full size blooms. So, uh, and,
1: yeah, on a little dwarf one. Oh, and it, it, yeah. I mean, it is, it's just the coolest
0: thing. I'm like, this can't be real. And you the know,
1: name is makes it more fun. And there's a, a pugster. A
0: pugster. There's a pugster blue. I think a uh-huh. pugster amethyst. Maybe a pugster pink. Yeah. But it, it. But it's it's one of the newer generations of these uh, dwarf butterfly mm-hmm. bushes. And, and if you ever want to grow a shrub, and I, can we call it a shrub? I guess it's a so. deciduous shrub. Yeah. If you ever want to grow a, a, a shrub, whether it's the pugster, which is a dwarf, or some of the newer varieties, the mm-hmm. taller ones, if you want to grow one that is p- practically impossible to kill. Yeah. And something that's going to bloom its head off all summer and long. And
1: smell sweet And as smell well.
0: wonderful and bring in mm-hmm. all kind of pollinators like bees uh, and butterflies. You can't over, you know, we're talking about the hardy hibiscus a while ago. Everybody's got to have one of those, but you also got to have a butterfly bush.
1: You do, really do. Because but, there's, like you said, you can grow them tall, depending on the variety. Exactly. You can get a tall one and prune the bottom up and have a tree form. You can? Yeah, you can uh, prune them back, uh, like in the middle of the summer when they get ratty and, and let them a, come back Well, out. in early
0: spring, I'd always cut mine back to about two foot. Yeah, And just let that. them flush right yeah. back out every year. But this Pugster... Uh, only gets like I said to three foot tall two to three foot tall so I'm thinking hmm you know not only can you put this in some small pretty small areas uh, and have bloom basically all summer long uh you can also do it in containers you yeah, know I told um, you I want to plant uh, I wanted to plant a uh figgy miss a
1: figging. little a little
0: miss figgy yeah. fig which um I'm thinking this might kind of overtake
1: do... that ah. I will see. It all depends on the season. We want the fig early, and then we want the. Well, but I was I was thinking about the little Miss Figgy because of the 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 texture of the leaf. Mm-hmm.
0: I just like the 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 way the yeah. leaf looks. Well, in this case, I like the way this bloom
3: looks. Right, right, you know,
1: it's so true. And you know, I you know how some butterfly bushes, especially the ones early on. They were a little leggy, maybe a little thin at times, but the Pugster, I feel like it oh, stays it's, it's compact. Oh, it's thick and yeah. compact,
0: and it has the same size blooms, uh-huh. I'm telling you, as the big ones have. I mean, it is a, it made me stop, I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Like, uh, yeah. So like, it's, it's just one of those plants, just guys, just don't overlook it. It's something to think about, whether you want to put something like that in a container or whether you want to put it in a bed. And I've got a spot on the other side of my air-conditioned unit, uh, up against the house. Uh, that needs two little plants, Veda. Something there. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's the type of plant. Because I don't want anything big yeah. around my air conditioning unit that's going to drop leaves in it. And, you know, that whole mess.
1: Mm-hmm. True. You Good know what I'm point. saying? Yeah. But I
0: just need something, something there on the other side of it that's not going to get too big. I wouldn't mind having the blooms. I don't mind bringing in the pollinators, you know, with yeah. the the blooms on them. So,
1: and it loves sun. Could be the perfect plant. It does love sun, but it wouldn't mind, you know, a couple hours of shade. No, in It'd fact, this would get
0: full morning sun. Yeah, and that's all it would get, and it would do perfectly right. fine.
1: It will do great. I saw a picture of a row of limelight hydrangeas in the background and the pugsters in the front of that. Wow! That, so imagine the limelights are going to be blooming in summer white, and then this pugster, you know, whatever choice you had. Now purple that pink. would be cool. It was really, really pretty. It, it was one of those where it made me stop because <clears> you <throat> see landscapes, you see things like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this was like, bam, I love this. Yeah,
0: and that's no care whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just n- no maintenance, that you know, other be... than maybe some trimming on the limelight lights maybe
1: now of course the other thing was you probably wouldn't want to use it for a neighbor block because because it's going to drop its leaves in the winter time yeah but it's still a great great look i mean that could be
0: up against a fence you know or against a wall Mm -hmm. um if you're getting at least half a day sun like you're saying
1: Yeah, y'all do have to try those limelight hydrangeas. And we were talking earlier, there's so many varieties of hydrangeas. I can't keep up with them. And not
0: only the old-fashioned big-leaf hydrangeas, you know, they're coming out with new varieties of those every year. Uh, The blues, the pinks, the reds now. Yeah. uh, The the whites, the blush colors. I mean, there's so many. And we're talking about the old-fashioned ball-shaped hydrangeas. And then... Betty, you're alluding to the limelight, the paniculata varieties that are on the market now that can take all the sun you want to give them, you know, whether it's the Bobo, which is the dwarf, yeah. the little lime, which is a dwarf limelight, <laughs> you know, then the limelight and then the... Limelight Prime, remember that when we were talking about oh, a couple right. weeks ago, yeah. Uh, and there's vanilla strawberry. There, there's so many out there now, and I'm telling you, they're so easy to grow. That's the beauty yeah. to me. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of it,
1: right? Is the easiness of the, of the growing. So that's a good one. That's a good combination to put together. Yeah, we're coming up with plants that are just easy. So the native hibiscus, hardy the hibiscus. Hardy hibiscus. Yeah. And then we're going to do limelights because the limelights are full sun. And they yeah.
0: they just bloom their heads off all summer long for
1: Man, you. And, you know, <clears throat> we have a lot of gardenias in because it's blooming <clears throat> time for them. So I put them on each side of the entrance of the door. And it is so sweet and beautiful smelling. So, and so I'm thinking if you have an, want to plant a um, gardenia, Plant it by where you sit. Plant it in the door, in the door by the doorway, <clears throat> in a container. Uh, and yeah, don't well, plant well, you it can en- back somewhere you don't. Well, you
0: to. can enjoy the fragrance, mm-hmm. you know. And and I still love the old fashioned mystery and August beauty, mm-hmm. uh, gardenias. I mean, they get you know six foot tall, six foot wide, huge blooms on them, and fragrant as everything. But the only drawback with those, as we know, is they're not quite as winter hardy as some of these new hybrids uh, that are on the market now. And, Veda, the new hybrids are wonderful also, you know, whether it's the yeah. foolproof, the frostproof, the jubilation, on down the there's line.
1: There's one now, it's called snow glow. Yeah, yeah, and
0: maybe, and the blooms might not be quite as big as the old mystery in August Beauty, but they are more winter hardy. Yeah,
1: okay? that's what we want. Yeah.
0: yeah, so, I mean, so you can plant a combination of those. And there again, one of the easiest shrubs to to, to grow out there are gardenias, but you just got to have... Like everything else, how many times we say this, you better have good drainage, right?
1: Right. Yeah, because they definitely are going to be picky on that.
0: But the fragrance is what it's all about. Uh,
1: one thing that we're going to do at the garden center mm-hmm. is some of the things, like the gardenias right now, have tons of buds and tons of flowers, and they're just about to bust out. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to put a layer of fertilizer now, uh, you said like a they, layer of fertilizer. Oh, like though. the worm castings, oh, gotcha. or, or just the uh, no, so compost. Might, might you might burn those things. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> clarify that. Yeah, a layer of like the worm castings or just compost. Yeah. in there to give it some nutrients for the second set of them That's because right. it's going to bloom, bloom like crazy. You
0: use a lot and, of energy. Yeah, through.
1: and then it's going to be in this container where it can't draw energy from everywhere, and then all of a sudden you just so it's you're already going.
0: prepping these things for continual continuous yeah. bloom later on
1: right right because you know you don't sell everything at um completely and sometimes you're going to have some things that you're going to want to Smart. rebloom again in the garden center and so just doing a little bit of that i even take the uh, liquid fertilizer the big
0: bloom whatever yeah
1: put it in a hose-in sprayer yeah. and i'm spraying all the foliage which you know i'm hoping it's dropping down into the soil i'm spraying spraying the soil too Just to give it an extra boost because they're sitting out there.
0: In the containers. Yes,
1: in the containers. Okay, we've done two hours and now we're going for three and we have so many topics left. We'll be right back. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the Mid-South Gardening. I'm glad you could be here today. Um, You know, one thing we were talking about is some pruning. Blackberry and raspberries. If you want to get them to uh, have more yield, you tip you tip them, not like cow tipping. Yeah, if you
0: want <laughs> jiggers, go ahead and plant you some. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
1: that's funny. But um, yeah, that sounds like a courtesy laugh. <laughs> 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 that's <funny. laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my jacket. But it's what did you
0: mean you. by t-
1: uh, tipping? Tipping. Oh, so, you know, like. Uh, Pruning the tips off the ends—that's oh, it. Pinching them, gotcha. yeah. So, so when the new growth comes in, if you just pinch the tips off the end, it sends the lateral mm-hmm. branches on it, and then that gives you more um, production mm-hmm. in your raspberries and blackberries, which then makes me think of took me over to pruning pine trees if you want to keep them a little more compact especially if you have a zero lot line you can prune the candles Mm -hmm. you know the new Mm -hmm. growth of it you can prune those makes them a little more
0: bushy Yeah. yeah
1: magnolias um we had an area where it was a um what's the skinny one the alta the other uh, brand- little Jim, yes thank you little, bear, gym, yeah. little gym which is skinny already thinner already yeah. but we're still trying to keep it more compact and, and dense so we actually
0: yeah we're tipping fr-
1: yeah tipping almost like taking the end of the foliage off basically that's pretty cool and it was when we were doing it was in the bloom time yeah but we had to be careful not to take all the blooms off As well at that time, but that's one of the best ways to keep things that get really big more into perspective. Yeah, now and and
0: eventually, invariably, you're going to lose the battle. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, in other words, like Mm -hmm. a you know a tree Mm -hmm. when especially when it comes to a tree. I mean, you can keep them bushier, which I love, by the way. But let's say you're doing this to a cryptomeria, okay? And the cryptomeria wants to get 20 foot tall. Right. Well, you can only keep this thing so small for so long.
1: Yeah, some things will not stay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or (laughs) pruning arborvitaes, where you can go in and, like, you look at the arborvitae. They're kind of a cone shape style, and they're growing all even, but then you'll see a long branch a long branch they just kind of come out so where you can see when they're going to get wider that's where they're going to start so you
0: go in there start snipping that yeah
1: but are you kidding me how long does that take but we actually did that at this one but we don't um you know i'm out of that so i haven't seen if they still keep doing it or if it's just as wide as can be that's too much well
0: and, and nowadays i mean just like we always say, you try to buy and grow and plant the plant that fits the area. I mean, arborvitaes, you just mentioned that, for example. You know, the Holstrom arbovita. it's a dwarf arborvitae. It's only going to get about seven foot tall. You know, then it goes to the emerald green uh, or the North, North Pole. Uh, the Emerald Green is going to get maybe 12 foot uh, foot tall. The North Pole doesn't get quite as wide mm-hmm. as the Emerald Green gets about the same height. And then there's the Emerald Giant. Yeah. You know, that's going to get even bigger. So, you know, I wouldn't want to plant an Emerald Giant right on either side of my front door. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to look fine for a while.
1: Even though this it was morning. a tradition years ago. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to it's just
0: going to overgrow, outgrow mm-hmm. that spot. So you'd always try to... And crate myrtles, of course, come to mind mm-hmm. too, Veda. You know yeah. that. Uh, so you try to grow the right plant for the right spot, depending on the maturity size. Not how big it is when mm-hmm. you buy the thing.
1: That's the big thing. You, know? you, you look at the cute plant in the bucket, and you think there's never any way that that's going to be 12 feet tall.
0: All right, what about... Uh, we're gonna get into watering, okay? Mm. because it's going to it's already gotten hot, yeah, and it's going to get hotter and yeah. it's going to get drier so uh, we and, just need and we've already you know we've already seen some of that mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into watering aspects and irrigation here in just a minute, but one of the cool things that I want to talk about this morning is and it's just simple. It's just a hose. Oh,
1: yeah. Tell me about this hose. Well,
0: first of all, we all need hoses. Mm -hmm. We all have to have a hose, you know, to get water from point A to point B, right? And forever in a day, you know, we've pulled kinky little hoses out, and they kink, and they just, you know, it's it's enough to run you crazy, kind of like a mole in a vole, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, but now they are coming out with these canvas hoses, the zero-G hoses or zero-gravity hoses, Uh, And they come in 25 foot, 50, 75, and 100 foot, just like your vinyl hoses do. But Mm -hmm. they're 50% lighter, first of all, than a typical vinyl hose. Okay, so
1: that's good. Yeah. Because let me tell you about the watering thing really quick, and then this is why your hose is so awesome. When I was going to get back into retail, the thing that made me not want to... Is the watering and the um, hoses? So now it, it's, it's cr- yeah. So, so so this hose. Yeah,
0: it's just it, and it's a canvas type hose. It's a woven hose, is what it is. You know, it doesn't kink. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even the best no kink vinyl hose is kink. I'm just telling That's you. That's true. Yeah. At some point they're going to kink. So these are um, you know they're they're like they're woven cloth um, and they're much lighter. They're very durable. They come in all the different sizes. And that's just where we're going. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. that's where hoses are going. Uh, You know, now some people still use the hose that when you turn on the water, it expands like a snake. (laughs) And then when you cut it off, it comes slinging back at you. I'm okay with that, you know. But uh, they. It was just,
1: very convenient. but They they're are not long lasting.
0: No, they just don't. You're right. They just don't last that mm-hmm. long because they're being expanded and contracted so many times. They start to split yeah. and rupture on you.
1: Or when I'm pulling around the cinder blocks at work, mm-hmm. the table just ripped. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
0: so I mean they're fine, but mm-hmm. they're and they're lightweight, and they you know they take up little room, but. They're just not for for the durability is just not there.
1: So I need to find those. So y'all are selling them. That's yeah, the zero
0: Gs. I mm-hmm. mean, and people come in, you know, and of course we still have some of the vinyl hoses, you know. Mm-hmm. You but uh, you know people are looking at this going like, all right, what is this? And I'm like, well, it's that newer canvas type hose. Uh, much, Just as durable as any hose In fact, probably more durable uh-huh. Than any hose you'll ever buy Much lighter
1: So you said it was kind of like a fireman hose Yeah, if you can so imagine, to, you know, the yeah. fireman
0: hose then That's not a rubber like a, hose yeah. they're pulling out It
1: does look like a big canvas Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and you can, you know, most of them are the 5H You know, uh-huh. the typical size But I'm just saying I'm throwing that out there, guys Because we're going to be doing a lot of watering here mm-hmm. before too long And if you're sick and tired of that <laughs> hose <laughs> that yes, you have yes. patched up twenty times, you mm-hmm. know it's time for that thing to go in the trash. Yeah. You know,
1: man, I can't. I really want to try those, but I have uh, finally got all the hose situations fixed at work. You know, I've got the um, road. Rose reel? The hose station reels. set yeah, up to where, so, you know. And, and these wind the... up beautiful on those. Oh, good. I've got the colorful hoses, the reds, the oranges. It was the DRAM hoses, which those are really good, too, but they're still a kink. Rim. So, um, I mean, you've got that hose stretched out. You're all the way across the nursery, and the water won't come on. Yeah. And the water because won't come Because there's a kink on. in it yeah, somewhere. Yeah, so then you got to walk all the way back and find that kink. And anyway. Well,
0: when we get back, we need to talk about what you should and shouldn't do when it comes to watering. And I'm going to tell you right now, anybody and everybody that has an irrigation system, you need to listen up because it's just, we see, and I've said this a thousand times, mm-hmm. we see and have seen just as many horrible, dead-looking plants under irrigation OK, mm-hmm. as we have with someone that has never even thought about irrigation
1: before. Oh, yeah. I think water and topic is going to be good topic. Uh, you seem like it seems like, wow, what else? What can you possibly talk about how to water? Yeah,
0: But doesn't it seem like that would be something so easy mm-hmm. to do?
1: Yeah. But, but it's, it's not. No, it can be. No, no. I mean, we had to give classes to the people that. We're watering for us
0: and y'all are watering things that are just in containers yeah. They typically drain really well right well we're watering things that are in our landscape data that are mm-hmm. in the ground for the most part
1: yeah you know that
0: and might have decent drainage might
1: not uh-huh. yeah you can't tell if it's draining out the bottom or not mm-hmm. when it's in the ground all right we're gonna run to a break y'all can post a question on our facebook page Or you can call 260-5926 and be on air or give our program director the question and he'll put it on the computer for us. Yeah. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. If y'all have a gardening question, it's 260-5926. Give us a call like Mark did from East Memphis. Good morning, Mark. You're in the Mid-South Garden.
3: Uh, hey guys hey mark I've got I've got an uh, insect control question uh, today yeah um the, uh, I, I used to use this um, stuff uh, called it was a raid bug barrier it was a dark blue thing and it was really great it didn't smell at all or anything but they don't make that anymore somehow now uh, are you using entirely.
0: this using inside or outside mark
3: well kind of both okay um uh, uh, I used it. I guess primarily outside, but I've, yeah. but I've kind of brought it inside a little bit, too. Okay. Um, well, I was wondering what, you know, um, the thing that really I liked about it the most is it did smell. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, of course, I think I've seen that uh, no odor on, on lots of things, and sometimes I don't know if I can believe it all. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, this this, yeah. this Ray Bugberry, it, it, it had no odor at all. Yeah. But, uh, Did you know what? What do you
0: guys suggest? Well, I mean, you got to be. If you walk into any typical garden center, I mean, there are tons and tons of insecticides that you can safely use, typically outdoors. Okay, most of these are geared for outdoor use. Uh, There are some insecticides uh, like a Home Pest Control uh, that is very low odor, if any odor whatsoever. Mark uh, called Home Pest Control that you can surely use inside, around the baseboards, up under the sink, you know, around the window frames, the door jams, anything like that. And they do a really good job in killing insects, and they have a good residual. Um, so unlike you, if I'm using a herbicide, I mean, I'm sorry, in this case, a pesticide, I want to use something that's fairly low odor if I'm using yeah. it inside. Oh, now, for real. Outside, um, you know, I really don't care as much. To me, there's nothing that smells um, as bad as asaphate, you know, mm-hmm. which is the old-fashioned orthine. Um, I mean, it's got a, you know, a very potent odor to it. Great product, but a lot of these newer products, the permethrins, the spinosids, uh, the neem oils, yeah, you know, they're they're low odor. Yeah, you know, if any odor really whatsoever. But I guess having said all that, Mark, I'm with you. If I'm using anything, first of all, you got to use a product that you can safely use indoors. That's the first thing. A lot of these products you can't use inside the, inside the house, uh, but a lot of these home pest controls—they're uh, going to make them very low odor or uh, no odor because you are using them indoors. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well,
3: I got uh, I got those uh, those words that you say. I'll, I'll look on. Yeah. i'll scream it later <laughs> yeah right thank right. you
1: <laughs> good idea well thanks for the call Mark. thanks mark, mark as always that. buddy thanks, great guys. questions right. as we you. wonder right, about bye. indoor
0: and, and, and like i said acephate which is old-fashioned orthene uh, i sure. love the product it is a really good systemic insecticide I, you know we sell a ton of it for bagworms and lace bug on azaleas and everything but I warn people, I'm mm-hmm. going to say, look, just be ready if you're it's going to have an odor for a day yep. or two. And it's, you know, it's not a pleasant odor. Well, so
1: depending on the insect, I've had a lot of good luck with using the diatomaceous earth inside, uh, sweeping it, like putting in the floor and sweeping it under the baseboards. That keeps the spiders and things from from breaking that barrier mm-hmm. and coming into the house. I uh, had a f- uh, friend who had a lot of had gotten a new house and the temperature just hit right. And so all the fleas... Oh, they're trying to get inside. Did the fleas germinate, or did they hatch? They'll they'll hatch. (laughs) Well, they started hatching, and we took the diatomaceous earth and just rubbed it in the carpet, and then it's gone. And I
0: know, and David, hang on a second, but when you say diatomaceous earth, a Mm -hmm. lot of people think that's some kind of dirt. It's not. Oh, yeah. It is just a fine white powder. Like you said, Betty, that that you can sprinkle in the same areas that you would spray like a home pest control in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So.
1: And um, there's two kinds. You don't get the swimming pool grade, Mm -hmm. diatomaceous earth. There is a horticultural grade that to be safe, you'll need to get it at a garden center, Mm -hmm. really. Um, But it's an all natural thing to use as well. If you have little kittens, I heard that it could bother their respiratory system on a little kitten. So, you know. Don't keep those around That's right. while you're kicking up dust. And I do have to say, people that clean your house, which is all of us clean our own house, you do have to dust afterwards. Because when you're sweeping all that in, it's putting some little light layer of the uh, diatomaceous earth. So you have to dust. Depending,
0: but, well, depending on how much you put down also. Yeah,
1: because I was sweeping that in the carpet. It was going yeah, everywhere. But if you're
0: just going around the baseboards up under the mm-hmm. sink and you just got a little puffer, you yeah. know, you're fine. The
1: yeah, Puffer. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know,
0: the thing that you used to squirt ketchup out with.
1: Oh, that puff. Yeah, just kind of,
0: you oh, yeah. put diatomaceous earth in there and just kind of go around and puff
5: those puff a little it. bit. Yeah.
1: Let's go to David. Good morning, David from Germantown. Thanks for the
5: call. No, yeah, thank you. I had a bug question as well, but it's for outside. I have a 25 year old pin oak, and I was watering it this morning, and I noticed, uh, you know, I thought it might have something like a bore problem. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um, Bridges within the bark of the tree, and then on the exterior of the ridge, it is uh, darkened color just around that circle, and it's fairly recent. I mean, it's happened over the last week, yeah. uh, but didn't know if there are recommendations to treat that, put on that. Uh, was uh, I'd love to get your opinion.
1: The circle was it like something had bore into the tree?
5: Yeah, so okay. so it's about a uh, it's about the the depth of your. Fingernail
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh, that, That's on there it's Three different spots On three different Sides of the tree Starting from Like three feet high Going to five feet Up to seven feet On different sides Of the tree And just those Three distinct spots
1: Wow a pin oak With boars I guess that could happen yeah, I it's don't know pretty... if that's You know is that You know is a it woodpecker, woodpecker You yeah. know or
0: I mean it's what well, Dave First of all If it is And Betty you know this I mean if it's a Insect problem uh, I would either get the permethrin or the spinosad, uh, and sprayed the trunk of that tree is, you know, from the lower limbs down or size you can, yeah. uh, and sprayed that trunk of that tree once a month for at least three months. Okay. Because the permethrin, mm-hmm. uh, or the spinosad, uh, or spinal sad, however people yeah. say it, uh, it will control a lot of boring type insects on trees, um, uh, but I'm not convinced that it is a a boring right. type insect.
1: And if you could, like, take a picture and post it on Facebook Live or bring it to one of the garden centers that we could maybe look at it that way. But also, like Kenneth said, you know, if you just use that spinosin, that's more than likely going to get the issue of what's in there. Well, if it's an insect,
0: it's it's, it's going to be one of the better ones, David.
1: Also think about maybe why the tree was weakened just enough to allow the boar to find that place as a desirable place to live. And, you know, pin oaks sometimes can get too, too much water, and that can cause some stress, and then insects like to move in on that situation. But if you can do any type of putting compost over the root system, liquid fertilizers uh, to soak into it, that's going to give your tri- – I know it's a pin oaks huge and yeah. takes a lot of material. Is, is this a big
5: pin oak, David? Oh uh, yeah, So it's about uh, 30 feet tall. I mean, it's a 25-year-old pin oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So you'd have to go out – uh, around the drip line and just do a whole bunch of compost so those nutrients can rebuild the soil, leach into the soil. so the healthier a tree is, the more it can resist it. But still, we just just you need to spray since we can't really identify what that is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would uh, yeah just be proactive, David. Get some of, of the permethrin or the spinosad uh, that you can find at your independent garden centers and go out there, like I said, and just spray the trunk of that tree once a month for at least three months. Um and you know if it's insect related, you know, that typically would take care of it. But then anything else like saying that you can do to make sure the health of the tree is where it should be, uh mm-hmm. by you know, watering as needed, you know, your lawn, which is gonna water your tree, uh feeding the tree from time to time. Um but if it is a bore, that will control it, mm-hmm. uh for the most part. If it's, you know, uh you know, a you know, I'm like, what? If could it's a it be? crack in the trunk, you uh-huh. know, from, uh, you know, uh, weather conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, it could be so many different things, but those two insecticides is what I would recommend if it is a bore.
5: And, and one other follow up to that, when I when I was examining the the cracks and the bark and, and the borers, and, and I'd had a a boar beetle problem on a, on a crepe myrtle mm. uh, a couple of years ago. That's why I was thinking it was a boar. Mm. Um, th- there were two small, it, it was almost like uh, worms yeah. that were black with rings uh, that-, that weren't more than a quarter of an inch right. inside those crevices. Well,
0: oh, yeah. anytime you have a crack or a crevice on a tree, I mean, it's just a haven for any kind of insect, uh, whether it's beetles, mm-hmm. caterpillars, on down the line. That's why, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, bores or not, if you've got some damaged parts of the trunk of that tree and some lesions and some cracks, I'm going to spray them regardless, okay?
1: And you said, I'm interested in this bug now. You said it was black with green
5: on it? It was black with white rings around it. And, I mean, it was very small. It was, uh, you know, less than a quarter of an inch. Yeah, see, that
1: could be the larva of anything, though, you know. Yeah. I know, Uh, I was wondering, is it a butterfly larva? You know, there's some black with the white rings on it.
0: Not if that thing's in the crack of my tree. I'm spraying it anyway. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, David, um, the the bonide... Is
5: it the permethrin or the... have the
0: permethrin. The bonide 8, that's the name of the permethrin. It's called bonide 8. And then high yield makes one. And then the spinosad uh, is uh, a natural guard product. But like I said, any independent garden center is going to have either one of those products.
5: Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hi, oh, Dave. For the
0: Thank
1: call. you, buddy. Yeah, insects. Okay, black with white rings. There's no telling. Well, huh. No, telling. I thought I had it for a minute, but I was just thinking of the longhorn beetle, that or bore well, the longhorn bore. But it, I don't know what its larva looks and like. And I know
0: we only got like half a second here, but you can also get the tree and shrub insect drench.
1: Mm, yeah, the product
0: that we pour around our crape myrtles for the scale. You can also mm. pour that around an oak tree. And it will control uh, a lot of insects, including boars, okay? Yeah, that's true. Where you don't actually have to spray the trunk of the tree. You can just mix and pour this product. So either the Mm spinosad, the permethrin, are the uh, tree and shrub insect yeah. drench.
1: There are a lot of trees that yeah. boars like to inhibit. Cherry trees, dogwood trees. Peach trees. Peach trees. And it's all about the health of the, the plant. Because the healthier the plant, the harder it is for the, the pressure the, they, That internal yeah.
0: pressure inside the trunk of that tree is hard for that bore just to kind of come through here and just mm-hmm. bore right through there.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they've, their sap flow uh, can quicken when you get it. Um, full of nutrients and all the sap flow can quicken which is what you're talking about then the boars can't move through that Mm -hmm. so health is always the key hang on we'll be right back Good morning and welcome back to Mid South Gardening. Well, I'm glad we weren't doing anything strange since the camera was on all through the break.
0: Now, <laughs> you see that call screener up there, the question said, What is the best plant to use for a ground cover?
1: On a ditch on bank. On a ditch
0: bank. And that's from a question from Alexis oh, from Memphis. I got
1: so many ideas.
0: A ground cover on a ditch bank. Mm-hmm. Well, first, do you care what kind of ground cover? Right. And are you doing something from plant? Or are you doing something mm. from seed? Or what are you doing, Veda?
1: Hmm. Well, you know how there was always the day lilies that everybody called the ditch ditch, the ditch day lilies. Daylilies. Yeah. Which I was surprised when somebody said, "I don't want those old ditch day lilies," and yeah. I thought a day is fantastic, but day lilies actually do hold the embankment down. But there's nothing there. Um, I like the blue-rug junipers, the blue Pacific junipers. Yeah, but are good. for a
0: ditch though, do you want to go.
1: Well, I guess it well, depends on where. You?
0: Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying if it's just a ditch.
1: Oh, so like maybe we're trying to just keep the soil erosion right, down. Right, right. You well, know, would I? I use? mean,
0: there's there's vetch that you can buy. Yeah. I mean, there's clover seed you can mm-hmm. throw out there. Yeah, uh, like
1: they do on the side. The yeah. T dot does on the side yes, of the road. Yes, clover,
0: yeah. vetch. Um, I mean, I grass side.
1: <laughs> You'd have to mow the ditch, but it would. Hold but no up. one wants
0: to do that. They want to just yeah. throw something out there that's going to just hold the soil right. in place.
1: And I'm and I'm visualing landscape yeah ditch, no. is what <laughs> <I was laughs> visually so yeah any of that um but I mean dailies would be a good blooming ditch plant yeah since it's labeled that
0: but I mean I guess I mean and I need to know more about where the ditch is and is it sun or is it shade is it a eyesore and you're I mean mm-hmm. so there's so many different but if it's just a ditch yeah. back there behind your property and you're wanting to keep that uh that soil from eroding. Uh, you know, there's either crimson clover or white clover seed mm-hmm. you can throw out there and it'll come up in right. no time. Uh there's uh creeping vetch, like I yeah. said, uh crown vetch, you know, that does great mm-hmm. in holding that. I mean, there's even some grass seeds, even Bermuda seed that yeah. you can buy that will come up this time of year. Um so, we'll
1: do it. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and now if you want a good looking ground cover i mean there's ivy sprigs Mm -hmm. and there's asiatic jasmine and there's vinca minor now there's
1: asiatic jasmine mm. that one's called snow in the mountain and the other's called sunburst yeah i mean so there's some some texture color
0: exactly veda so there's some vines uh that you can put out there you can Mm -hmm. buy the small plant they'll grow they'll take over so it really just depends on what kind of look you're looking for and, and exactly why are you yeah, doing this are you right. doing it for looks or are you doing it just to hold some soil mm-hmm. in place
1: yeah so um <coughs> we've got a lot of options there yeah it's kind of like like you said what's the look so like like <coughs> just for the ditch let's do some the clovers and the vetch and all that oh yeah and they're
0: you know you yeah. can buy a handful for nothing and it'll cover you know a ton so you uh, know, it, go ahead i'll say real quick you know we we're talking about the zero g hose a while mm-hmm. ago uh and that was going to step me into and we talked about evade irrigation and I know you got some things to talk about but just as far as irrigation goes we're fixing to get into the the summer the hot part of the summer and we've already had a taste of you know what it's going to feel like already yeah. right and I love irrigation systems because it keeps me from dragging a hose around and having to water everything but I'll definitely drag a hose and water everything because I don't have an irrigation system okay <laughs> yeah but my point though is, is uh, so many people have a false sense of security when it comes to their irrigation system. Okay, I don't care if you have someone that comes out there and they cut the irrigation system on for you and they check everything out. You as a homeowner just take a moment to make around. I mean, just to cut the irrigation yeah, system on, right? And just make sure that all these zones are coming on like they should. Everything's getting covered like it should. Mm-hmm. We're only saying this because, Veda, you and I both know, we see so many dead plants under irrigation. It it is amazing because, there again, people have these false sense of security that everything is being watered the way it should. And I promise you, nine times out of ten, that is not the Mm -hmm. case.
1: It's really not because a lot of times it's, well, think about this because you're saying go around and make the check. Okay, some people have the pop-up sprinkler Mm -hmm. heads that come up in Mm -hmm. the shrubs. Well, the shrub grew and so it's covering it's not allowing the water to distribute evenly because it can't get past the shrubs and the so people
0: that came out there and put the mulch down stepped on the head and of course it's broken yeah you know. yeah
1: so then you've got this <clears throat> big waterfall guys are shooting up right so there's there's those things um maybe like you can adjust them to where they're going to go at a right angle or, or halfway until and all the
0: ants in memphis you know want to live right there in that head see? and it doesn't move at all right mm. <laughs> That's,
1: you know? Oh, I've never heard of that one, but oh, yeah. I can sure see how that could happen. Oh, yeah. That's a good one to look for. And then they're not pointing in the right direction. You know, things can change. They're
0: watering the neighbor's fence. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Right,
1: exactly. So those are all these little things that really, mostly the irrigation people are coming in and flipping it on and just looking to see if the heads are running.
0: And making sure the timer's working.
1: Yeah, yeah, but they're not actually, and they're not really supposed to do that, you know, figure, see if... Uh, well, I don't know. It'd no, be nice I to would, see. I would hold them accountable. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, trying to be like kind of right there. But Giving them a break. Because also, if you have the irrigation overlapping, and so one section where the water's overlapping, you could waterlog that area. And then, then it would be normal watering on the outside. So
0: we're getting, we're getting to that point where we're going to be doing a good bit of watering. And like I said, if you've got irrigation, just spend a moment, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another thing I want to say real quick is if you're planting new shrubs and trees, which people do year round, you know, uh, and you're relying on irrigation, just. To take care of that. Uh, A lot of times irrigation is perfect for established trees and shrubs and, of course, bedding plants because they don't have a massive root system on them. But anything that you just planted this spring, you might have to go out there, even if you have irrigation, and just hand water these things Mm -hmm. once a week.
1: Yeah, to get it deeper because right now the roots are—the root ball is much deeper then, but <laughs> you know, after it gets established, the roots grow long ways. Once it's
0: established, you're perfectly fine. Yeah. But I'm talking just the first summer. Now, of course, you know I know people take vacations and everything, but I'm just saying, go out there with a trowel in your hand mm-hmm. and dig down in the beds, like two or three different places, and see how far that water's penetrating.
1: You know, it's got to go more. It's got to go yeah. down more than half an inch. Right. Yeah. Just like in the, what I was talking about the garden center teaching people to water. So this guy stood there and watered and watered and watered this section. And I'm watching him so I can teach him because I've already told him, you know, water each pot individually and deeply. So I I go over there and I pull that plant out of the pot and it's just dry (laughs) as can be. It doesn't
0: make sense. No,
1: the first half inch was really wet, but it never percolated through the whole soil. It happens. Because he wouldn't hold it there long enough. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you count... Ten seconds on a one gallon, fifteen seconds yeah. on a five gallon. Yeah, we you know? can
0: all water the foliage of anything, <laughs> and it makes it look all good and nice and wet. But doesn't mean the root system's getting any water whatsoever. That's right.
1: I told them, they, I said, if you're dying of thirst, do you want me to just spray water all over you, or would you actually like to drink a nice <laughs> bottle of water? Way to go! So that's what you're doing to the plant. You're just throwing water all over it, yeah. but it's still not a not drinking it. Yeah. Um, I found out what you can use peat for. Pete? Yeah, peat? Yeah. Is in like
0: peat moss?
1: Yeah. A bog garden. Well, yes, you, you can. You do a bog because garden. That's where they
0: dig it from. Yeah,
1: right. So, I mean, a, like in your yard, if you have a wet area, um, you know, they recommend you could turn that into a, a bog garden, <clears> but <throat> that would have to stay naturally wet. But if you're wanting to create one. Peat, peat,
0: peat. Yeah,
1: you dig, you dig your hole, of course. Then you take like a bucket of, uh, or a. Uh, dishwashing pan, what do you call it? Storage container. You want to have a few holes in there and just set that in the ground, fill it with peat or heavy soil and, you know, cover the sides up so you can't tell, but then you've just created a bog. Now, are
0: you putting the bog garden beside a like a a pond yeah. that you already have in you know that installed case, or
1: both because you can't have it just out in your yard like to blend in with your landscape it's a whole new theme because there's different plants you can grow in the bog garden like the pitcher plants they're hardy here yeah. but you can't blo- grow a pitcher plant just in your landscape now
0: is there enough let me ask you this. Is there enough water in a bog garden mm-hmm. to also hatch a lot of mosquitoes? Or is it just the boggy soil yeah, that the, you're dealing with? Right, you know, the boggy In a bog soil. garden.
1: Yeah, we shouldn't have any standing water. Okay, good. Yeah, and some people actually dig the hole like they're going to do a water garden, dig the hole, put a liner in that area. And so where it's just holding the water, basically. But then there's so many. I mean, you could get, that's almost like a, I mean, there's the pitcher plant, there's um, the creeping Jenny loves mm. the water. There's a whole lot of things that bloom at different times that attract beneficial insects and all. So a bog garden would be kind of a new fun experience to
3: do.
0: And it's basically, like you said, a good way to use up some of that old peat moss. Yeah, and,
3: yeah. And,
1: and, you know, and
0: I don't mind, we've said this before, you know, when you're planting things, you know, you have to typically amend your clay soil. Uh, and I'm telling you. 30 years mm-hmm. ago, I mean, we used tons of peat moss yeah. to amend our clay soil. That's okay, but there, mm-hmm. are, there are products out there now that I think are much, much better than using peat moss. I don't mind mm-hmm. using a little peat, yeah. honestly, to work into our soil, but I'm not going to use peat by itself, mm-hmm. thinking that's going to do a great job in amending our yeah. clay soil.
1: Right, because as you see it holds moisture really well, yeah. and it repel- repels soil. I mean, repels water very well.
0: So that's, you know, we... <coughs> We tried. We we? want products that are going to increase the drainage, Mm
1: -hmm. not necessarily
0: products that are going to hold a whole lot of water like a sponge. Okay.
1: And then when you're doing the liner, you still need to put some slits or holes in it because you still want the water to drain out some, but slower. Because if it doesn't drain out and we don't supply fresh water, then it's stagnant. So I don't
0: mind using uh, little peat moss and potting soils for containers. I don't mind using peat moss for a bog garden like Mm -hmm. you're talking about, Veda. But it's not gonna be my choice soil amendment for our clay soil when I'm out there doing some outside planning when it comes to making beds, yeah. trees and shrubs.
1: All of the above. Okay, we're gonna take a break and we'll come back and talk to you some more. Yeah.
0: Give us a call, two six oh five nine two six.
1: Good morning, welcome back to Mid South Gardening. Okay, so we have seven natural ways to repel rabbits from your go- yard garden.
0: Seven natural, natural ways. ways, and we're talking about a rabbit.
1: Yeah, we're talking a rabbit, but I'm like, really? There's okay. a pellet
0: gun. Nat- is that a natural? They thing?
1: did not even list that, but I thought it was thought because rabbit do stew is so good, and then you need <laughs> the good luck rabbit's foot. No doubt. Okay, but so one of them is scatter hair clippings. So if women, if you wake up and you're bald, your husband's trying to get rid of the <laughs> rabbits. That's all. <laughs> It causes them to fear that humans are uh, nearby.
0: Unless it's a pet rabbit, of course.
1: Yeah. Scatter snakes. Is there a scatter snake or do they want you scatter snakes? Do they want Mm -hmm. it to be a fake snake or a real snake? I'm not going to scatter snakes. No,
0: no. No one in their right mind is going to do that. Oh,
1: this one is really good. Make a little noise. Now, like with a
0: radio, like on a talk station? or I'm
1: thinking of it. Uh, Well, I guess so. I'm thinking of it as like, Go away, rabbit. Yeah. Go away, rabbit. Okay, That's yeah. making a little noise, but maybe...
0: Or maybe a... a, a pie pan. Maybe a 40-pound dog barking yeah, to get rid of a rabbit. That's yeah, some, that's some noise. That's some noise.
1: Don't provide cover. But if they're in your garden, they're getting cover.
0: Well, unless you want a sterile concrete landscape, you know, there's yeah. going to be cover out there.
1: And then it says plant um, rabbit repelling plants. And I'm like... Okay, they said marigolds, cleome. I'm going, but rabbits don't even eat those in the first place. So, but then I started thinking, okay, so rabbits, they're smellers 20% more than ours. Yeah. They can smell. So like, think about marigolds, lantanas, cleomes, geraniums, and peppers. They all have that pungent smell. They do. That rabbits don't like. And so you're thinking, but how does the smell repel? But think about it. Have you ever, like my dad said one time, now all you girls, it was uh, six girls and my mom, and we would all get crammed in the car to go to church when we were little. And yeah, he goes, now each one of you put your own perfume on (laughs) and it's fine individually. But when y'all get in the car together, (laughs) he gets out of the car and says, I can't, I can't do this. But so it's the same way. You can put maybe one plant out that the smell is pungent. But if you put more plants out, and since the rabbit can smell better than we can, then they're not wanting to go in that area. I don't
0: know. (laughs) But, you know, they can be a problem. I mean, there again, because I'm back up to some woods, and I've got, you know, a few holes in the fence or whatever, and I do see a big old fat squirrel out there. I mean, uh, well, not a squirrel, but a rabbit uh, from time to time, and... You know, I mean, I'm like, you know, usually I don't care, Beta, but this thing has come come through there in years past, or the offspring of this rabbit, uh, and eaten things, you know, so it, it can, they can be a problem, but where you know, you're using a repellent, you know, like mm-hmm. the Shake Away, which is the coyote or fox urine, yeah, you know, whether you're, um, uh, you know, have the pellet gun ready to go, yeah, or like you said, planting <laughs> some things that they're just not going to be that they're not going to really like. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, we have to live with varmints yeah. and it's, it's tough. I get it. You it know? is.
1: I mean, it's like plant one for them, one for you and one to die.
0: <laughs> but but we don't have that mindset. Whatever mm-hmm. I plant, I want it to be for us, for uh-huh. me. And I don't <laughs> want it to be for any varmint that's out yeah. there. I mean, cause right. you know, to me, they're intruding on me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, they're in your space. Not that we took all their space away. They're in your space. But and I'm thinking, you know, the best results you ever have is oh, is putting fences around. Or I know a lot of people have great vegetable gardens, but they actually have them, um, lack of a better word, cages. That is
0: crazy. A lady I was talking to her yesterday, and she had a it, it was like a big tall dog kennel.
1: Oh, good okay? idea. But
0: it was it was big, and it uh-huh. even had the top on it. Yeah. Uh, and that's where she grows her tomatoes. And she said, mm-hmm. you know, the birds can't get in there. The varmints can't get in there. But she was just trying to, she was asking me how to get rid of the weeds that were in there. But I was huh. like, people will try anything yeah. to keep the dang varmints at bay.
1: All right. I mean, that's really the less stressful. And it
0: looked beautiful. She showed me a picture yeah. of it, Beta.
1: Yeah, it does look clean and neat i mean it was but it was
0: like a big cage and the only thing she was going to grow in this thing were tomatoes but i'm thinking i would never go to that (laughs) i would never do that but people do
1: yeah i know i'm thinking i think i like to experiment i like to come up with another way to make it happen i like to come up with things that are very efficient and all so i could see Mm. going for that but in the budget wise, you might have to make different choices because yeah. I bet a big dog kennel is something, <laughs> you know, like we say for five tomatoes. Oh, this thing
0: might have been custom made. It looked great. I'm yeah. telling you.
1: Well, so basically to keep the animals out, you just have to cage your, your but, cage yourself.
0: Yeah, but there are baits, you know, when it comes to like moles and voles, um, there, there are definitely <laughs> repellents when it comes to most varmints. Uh, there's a repellent out there, whether it's the repels all, whether it's the Shake Away. like I said, the mm-hmm. granulated urine. Uh, and then a lot of times there's, uh, you know, different types of traps, you know, whether it's the live animal trap uh, that the gentleman was talking about catching squirrels early yeah. on and letting them go on the other side of the Wolf <laughs> right. River on my side. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it, 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 you know we all have to live with, with varmints, you know, with, with outdoor uh, animals and so forth. But it, once they become a problem, then we try to find a solution, right?
1: Right. Speaking of animals, we'll go to insects and you were the, talking about this earlier the, the canna uh, people
0: that you know canna's remind me of driving down a country road mm-hmm. and looking over there and there's a nice trailer sitting down there there's a tractor tire that's been <laughs> painted white and there's canna's growing in the middle uh, of this thing right that's, that's just this, the image that i get when mm-hmm. i'm thinking about canna's but canna's can be beautiful my mother's got some in the corner of her front uh, in the front of a bed and they're beautiful. They're just beautiful canary yellow blooms. They can get a what they call a canna worm, which is a mm-hmm. caterpillar that gets in there, and it starts rolling up that leaf, okay, that beautiful leaf, and they'll eat them from the inside out. So if you have cannas <laughs> and you see your leaves being rolled up, Miss oh, Veda.
1: Unroll it and you'll you, see
0: There's it. caterpillars all in that thing. What I tell people to do, and I've already had a lady come in. She had it rolled up, and, you get all, mm-hmm. and I unrolled it and showed her. Uh, I'd go out there with a pair of snips and just kind of cut out uh, the leaves that are already rolled and get rid of those, put them in a baggie, zip them up, and throw them in the trash. But you can go back in there and spray with either uh, BT, Mm -hmm. uh, which is bacillus, which only kills caterpillars. That's all it kills. Very safe product to use. You know Mm -hmm. that. Or the spinosad we were talking about earlier does a great job on on caterpillars. And and then, you know, last resort would be like the systemic insect control that has the acephate in it. But all we're saying this because, regardless of what you think about cannas, and they can be absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, they with the big leaves. Some of them have dark burgundy leaves, and depending on what you know color bloom, uh, they can be pretty. But there's nothing worse for a canna than the yeah. canna worm that gets in there.
1: Well, I down that just now started getting me to think. We have a lot of water garden plants in, and we have combination planters, and one of them has the canna in the middle, absolutely, the creeping jenny around the side, and you can just set it right in the water, uh, where it's the same level as the soil. You don't sink it down, but I never see canna rollers on that type. So maybe we let our cannas get, get a too, too dry. dry. We could,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, typically, they're again, when they're under stressed, you know, they're mm-hmm. more susceptible to insects and yeah. disease. But uh, I mean, they are a problem. But I'm just saying, for people that still love cannas, and there's a lot of people that still love growing mm-hmm. cannas, uh, be on the lookout for these cannon worms. They're out there, and if you see that leaf, just—it looks like the leaf is unfurling. Yeah. But they're—they've uh, well, it's already unfurled, and they've rolled this uh-huh. thing back up. And they oh, glue it shut would, and they eat it from the inside out.
1: That's what I want to see is how they roll that leaf back up. I don't know. You know, there's got to be with all this technology, there's got to be something to see. And then when it unrolls, there's these straight line of holes. Yes. <laughs> right. And then you really think now there, what was that? Well, y'all, we've done three hours and we've loved being with y'all. Thanks for all the calls. You can find me at Palladio. In Memphis, Tennessee. In
0: Kenny at Dan West Garden Centers. And we do miss our good friend and co-host, Mr. Jim Crowder. Yes.